Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the far end of the bench. My name is Nico Bryant. Beside me here, Jimmy Jimmy Pilato. This week's episode, we have so many great things going on. We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. Talk about a little bit of MLB as well because the World Series is coming up. Uh, we also hit hit upon the UFC because this card this weekend is unbelievable. The headliner, Habib versus Justin Gaethje. Such a great pod. You won't want to miss. Stick throughout. Uh, follow us on at Pod. On Twitter and on Instagram, we like, we retweet. We had a giveaway last week. You guys will still want to make sure to tune in on all that because we're going to have more giveaways down the down the road. But um, Jimmy gives his take on Doc Emmerich too with his center of attention. Um, I don't want to waste y'all's time because it was a lovely piece, and Doc Emmerich is one of the legends of the game. So uh, with, without further ado, I know we had a little bit of Spooktober as well, and Jimmy has some terrible, terrible candy picks. But we'll, I'll, I guess we'll get into it. All right, bench warmers, let's go. We didn't give you a center of attention last week because we were too busy explaining our spooky season festivities and, and ranking movies and stuff like that. So let's. We had the big news happen in the world of sports broadcasting, and you know, if you know me, you know I'm a huge sports broadcasting fan. It's what I want to do with the rest of my life. So if you will take a journey with me, I want you to think of the most memorable sports moment that you can think of. What comes to mind? Is it the voice that described what you were seeing or hearing? For most of us, this is true. In my case, it's, it is something that I've been awed by since I was a little kid, since I was three years old. I watched the Super Bowl tapes of the Broncos, and Broncos fans, you'll, you'll enjoy this. Favre with Levins behind him, fourth and six from the 31. Blitz is on. Favre hit as he throws. The pass is going to be incomplete. Denver holds. Oh, Denver's going to win this thing. It is the voice of the moment that we remember as sports fans and in a career spanning two generations of Hole and Howe families to play, retire, and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Doc Emmerich has been one of the voices that's shared more than his fair share of memories. From the Olympics to the uh, first ever Winter Classic, first ever outdoor game in the NHL, he's legitimately seen it all and has had some of the greatest calls in sports. Everybody can think back to a time where they heard his, his inevitable scar. And he, after this season, has called his final game. He's going to go into retirement. And he's a 19-year cancer survivor. So he's done more than his fair share of things. And, and I think the best part about it is that he's never become less of a fan. He said he still gets chills when he sees the Stanley Cup get wheeled out, even though he's called I don't know how many Stanley Cups, however many you can in, in 50 years of broadcasting. And he's always kept that childlike wonder about sports. And I think that's why for as tumultuous of a time as it is, sports are the one thing that kind of hold us all together and it gives us a common purpose and a common uh, feeling and drive. And I think that's what Doc Emmerich really wanted to bring home in his whole career. Why, why else would you do it for 50 years? So that's this week's center of attention. Congrats on a great career, Doc Emmerich. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to back to the Far End of the Bench podcast, man. We got a, such a good one in store for you. Unfortunately, we were... We were um, 
working on doing a recording, like a live video as well this week, but it'll be a little bit of technical difficulty, so that will be coming out next week. So our YouTube page will be going live with everything next week, so you'll be able to hear us, see us, and live hear us as well on the network at Alhamdulillah. Yes, and you'll be able to see our beautiful smiling faces, and you'll be able to see whatever jerseys Nico's going to wear. Hopefully, I don't look homeless. Uh, I do have, you know, my brother did help me out with my outfit tonight because I thought we were going to record tonight. We ended up running into some some bad. Hey, you're you're matching it pretty 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 good. It's unfortunate. I got viewers. It's, yeah, and it's it. it's unfortunate because it's it would have been so much nicer to wear a Bengals shirt after a victory. And this is a new Bengals shirt that I bought myself because I, I decided that I didn't have enough Bengals shirts and, and merchandise in my closet. And it just hurts to wear it when they're 1-4-1. One, one, so. But we got to talk about what Jimmy um, was saying in his center of attention. Um, I, if you, we are recording this on Monday. If you guys are living under a rock at all, <laughs> you'll know that Dr. Emmerich retired today. He will not be doing the play-by-play -play anymore for uh, BCSN. It's unfortunate. One of the greatest... Um, Voices, Voices in hockey yeah. uh, by far. So much fun to listen to. So many great calls. One of my fondest memories was waking up at 3 a.m. to watch USA versus Russia hockey and back in 2014 when TJ Oshie went back to back to back shootout goals and uh, and uh, Doc was on the call. And that was, it just brings chills back to my uh, body just thinking about that again, man, because it was, it was one of the greatest things. Um, and sports that I've ever watched, and waking up that early, hearing Doc's voice has made everything so much better. Yeah, I loved, I love his. Uh, everybody has like their own thing. Mosier has his own thing when he calls the avalanche for altitude, um, and Emmerich's thing was the the scar, and he said it with such. It's so recognizable the way that he says it, and um, he like I, I in my center of attention. I think I said it. He broadcasted for fifty years. He was able to, he came in the first year that he was doing it. He said there were 14 teams in the league. They now have 31 coming next year, next season. 32, 32. 30, 32. Oh, yeah. 32. Because we had 31 this past year. 32 yeah. next year. And then he was able to see Gordie Howe and Bobby Orr and Brett Hull, the first generation, play, retire, get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Then he saw Mark Howe and Brett Hull, the second one, his son, play, get inducted into the Hall of Fame and retire. And now he's finally able to retire at 74, and he's going to be, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting yet. He's a surefire. He's going to be. And he does have, like, some of the most – he's called so many hockey games. So many. And you have to be – it's great because he got paid and he was a huge star and everybody knew who Doc Emmerich was. But he you got to be a fan to call as many hockey games as he did. There's – you can't just do that for money. There's got to be some sort of passion. You can always tell that when you call the game. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, especially watching the Olympic hockey, like, I always put Doc's voice to so many big games. Like, Olympic hockey is one of the best sports to watch. If you guys don't watch Olympic hockey, I feel bad for you because there's so many great things about Olympic hockey that go back and forth. And maybe we're lucky and Doc comes out for retirement for one or two months and records Olympics. Um, calls a few Olympic games because that'd be an absolute blessing because he's one of the best voices in all of sports. I would put him up there with Dick Vitale. Um, he, Dick Vitale, the it's it's unbelievable, baby. Like it's one of those things where there's so many great lines Dick Vitale had. Dick Vitale, John Madden's another one where his voice is just so recognizable. Al Michaels. Al Michaels as well. Brett Musburger, Gus um, Johnson. Like it, the list goes on and on. That's yeah. what makes sports so much fun because as a fan, you're not able to always go to so many games and. 
hearing having those people's voices in your home basically every week is something to be astonished for they can add a whole nother you, you can completely lose yourself and forget that you're not actually playing the sport or <clears throat> actually at the event itself because these guys just and I always tried to do that when I was broadcasting games I mean there were some nights where the games were ugly but hey it's tough to get to Gunnison if you had a kid on the team I wanted you to be able to feel the same kind of energy that was in the gym so yeah I would I did yell, I did scream. One of my best moments as a broadcaster was a wrestling walk-off pin to win the, the entire duel and a share of the conference championship, and I did lose my mind. I, my engineer hated me because she was back at the radio station with her headphones on. I start screaming, and it probably upset her a little bit because she had a headache from the, for the rest of the night. But these guys, when you can tell that there's that amount of passion behind the call... It just makes it so much, so much. And another more. person that comes to mind is Mike Brain with the bangs, mm-hmm. man. Like it's, it's, it's. I stole, I stole like, the bang when I was calling uh, basketball. Like we heard this past year, he had the double bang with with uh, pause, double, double bang with, Luke, <laughs> with Lucas shot in the, in the bubble, man. With Devin Booker shot, bro. It was, it, it's one of those things where great calls make plays so much better. Rebound, so Bosh. Back out to Allen. Three pointer. Bang. bang. Man, it, it, the announcers can make. Big plays so much better, and, and Doc Emmer continued to do that throughout his whole career. That's why that Canadian goal to win the gold medal in 2010 was so big. Although they were playing the USA, and I'm still pissed about that. Um, that was Sidney Crosby's goal at the end of that game in overtime. Made his Doc Emmer's call on that made it so much better to play. Yeah, just so much bigger of a moment than what what happened. No one really knew what was going on until after when they heard Doc's voice. Yeah, and he, uh, he's been able to see helmets be optional and then enforced, visors be optional and then enforced, and he was also a part of the first Winter Classics back in 20, 2011 when Pittsburgh, and I think is probably Philadelphia because that's a huge rivalry, big enough for that, and he called the first Winter Classic. He called the most attended NHL game ever in the big house with Detroit and I think... Um, Boston or one of the other original six teams. Toronto, yeah, Detroit and Toronto, one of the other original six teams. Like, And he does, for whatever reason, the games that he calls are always the better games. They always go into a shootout. They always have some big moment. There was, I looked up some of, his, some of his best calls when I was researching the center of attention, and he has one where I think he's talking for about 15 seconds straight without taking a breath because there was a scramble in front of the net. And he, he did not allow himself to miss something that happened on the ice. He, he acknowledged every single thing that happened on the ice that he was able to see from his spot. And I have so much respect for that because if you you know it now from podcasting and talking, it takes a lot out of you. And your voice goes faster than you think. I learned it firsthand on our Birdman interview. You probably heard me cough in the middle of it. I couldn't, I couldn't stay, stay, get up and, and go do that in private because Bird was so entertaining. But like... Being able to talk for 15 seconds the way Doc Emmerich did about hockey when things are going a million miles an hour, and he was just able to break everything down so well. Uh, congratulations on a great career. He's not. We talk about him like he's dead. He's not dead. He's just retired. Maybe he'll come back and, and announce the Winter Classics every year, or or do, do the Olympics, like we said. Do the Winter Classics. Do the Olympic at least the semifinals and the gold medal games, and the gold medal game. But yeah, they, they maybe, maybe we'll get lucky. I, I hope we get lucky, man, because uh, it's it's not going to be the same without his voice, man. We got to get something, some Doc Emmerich. Yeah, I get a little bit of our, If nothing know. else, buy the new NHL. That's how you buy. That's why you buy the new NHL game, so that you get Doc Emmerich's voice on your on your TV somehow. Well, let's let's get back into some spooky stuff because people liked. Well, 
people responded to our list of They didn't necessarily movies. like my picks, because I picked Jurassic Park as one of the scary movies. And yes, it technically counts as a scary movie because of the toilet scene where he gets bit by the T-Rex and blah, blah, blah. I'm not spoiling anything because the movie's been 25, 30 years old. So I'm not spoiling anything, but like, it's it's still technically a scary movie. I don't watch a lot of scary movies, man. I don't dress like, part counts. Yeah, I don't like to be scared. The Velociraptor scene is what made it a horror movie for me. The, I think the original Jurassic Park is the closest to a horror movie. I, if you would have said like Jurassic Park two no, or, no, or Jurassic, Jurassic Park three, yeah, Jurassic World is an action adventure movie. Great movie, not, no, not a yeah, horror movie. I'm not saying that they're not bad movies, but they or that, I'm not saying that they are bad movies, but it definitely doesn't count, especially when you got me pulling out the classics yeah, like got, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. I did do Us because I did like Us freaked me out. I had. That's the first movie that I've had nightmares about in like 20 years. And it, it was interesting. Having a nightmare at 23 when you've had some life experience is different than when you're having a nightmare at 8 years old watching <laughs> a scary movie. Yeah. Uh, but now, we're, we're, we're hopefully hoping to swing some of you back onto our Halloween train because we're, we're going to make some candy. Yeah. I know you're not a big candy guy, and I think I have a bunch of good classics on here. I'm going to start this week because I let you start. You had all the classics last week. My first one, number one, that one I go in the bowl and try to find first and foremost is the Snickers bar, man. Not, not, or any Snickers bar, I'm saying. I'm, I'm The bigger ones, I love the bigger ones. If you're able to have that one house in your neighborhood where they sell the big candy bars, I'm going for the Snickers bar right away. Even the mini ones, man. Any type of Snickers bar, it's just so savory, man. It's so not, it's so good. It's so good, man. And when we were little, Jimmy, I, I don't, I think you weren't on the team yet. Um, our coach would give us Snickers bars when we, uh, had a big play or play of the week, or whatever it may be, and that made it so much better too, bro. Because Snickers bars just tasted better. Yeah, they really did. It, that was back when the parents didn't always allow us to have candy whenever we wanted. Exactly. So then when you, they knew that it was a big deal, and it, it did motivate you. I mean, it you did. You. you hit some people. I, I saw some Snickers in your eyes when you were hitting people, and if you played against Nico in high school and you're listening or college, you know that he brings. Brings the thunder, and he brought it a little bit more when there was a Snickers on the line. So I'll, I'll give you that. I'm not, I'm not an I was I was a fullback in high school. Okay, I'm not a lineman anymore. I graduated from being an old lineman, but Snickers bars did mean a little bit more when I was an old lineman. All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'll start off. I'm gonna go with Twix first, and it's mainly because I didn't eat it, but it was always good to trade, and that's where most I I normally trade kept, value. Yes, trade value. I like okay, being, LeBron. Yeah, basically, value. I was a little bit of a, I was a little bit of Wolf of Wall Street selling penny stocks, trading Halloween candy. I had all the best candies, and I didn't eat, didn't eat any of them, and everybody would leave pissed off because I somehow swindled them out of all their good candy. But Reese or Twix was an easy one to trade because hey, you get two candy bars in one package. Uh, and, and, and you can give me your Snickers bar for two candy bars. Yeah, Lesser would, candy I would, bars. I would never traded a Snickers bar for a Twix There's bar. A I'm surprised that you're, that's your number one. It's but not, it's, I don't disrespect it. Mine aren't necessarily in order. But if yeah. I was going to put it on, if I was going to put a Mount Rushmore up of my favorite Halloween candy, Twix would be on it. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. My next one, absolute sweet tooth. If you If you like something a little sweet, like, Sweet, I keep saying sweet. What the hell am I saying? Savory. I'll just get to it. I'm picking nerds, man. Nerds, I, they are second right behind Snickers. I always pick those out. They're always the first candy or second candy I eat out of the big bowl. I mean, it's 
there's you got the purple, you got the pink, you got the white ones are good. Like there's so many great flavors, man, and you can't go wrong. And I know they gave them gave me ca cavities as well, man. Theirs are not not the easiest candy to get down and bite, but no, and top you, easily top two Halloween candy for me. You Way always easy. You always had nerds left over. You never ate all the nerds. There's always one or two left over. I, do, I used to do that all the time. Man. I mean, but like there's some that get stuck and then you end up Oh, in your mouth. Yeah. I was saying the bowl. No, yeah, no, no, no. The oh, box yeah. goes into the mouth. Whether they all go through the rest <laughs> is another story. But they, at least fair. I'll leave the box in your mouth. My second stay in, this is actually my second one because I, I did enjoy, I, I enjoyed Pop Rocks as a kid. And I did do the Pop Rocks and Soda. I know all of our fans, we don't have many that are over, or that age where that was a thing, where like if you drank soda when you ate Pop Rocks, your head would explode or something, you'd combust, spontaneously combust and die. But I, I didn't do that, but I do love Pop Rocks because I did like, I enjoyed soda. And when you get stuff to pop on your tongue and, and you just kind of set it there, as a kid, I didn't have to worry about it, and it would just do its thing. I love Pop Rocks. As a kid. Yeah, pop, pop Rocks are good. You don't really see them that much anymore. It's unfortunate. I mean, they're, you have to go to, into a legit candy store to get them because they're not in those, like, fun packs anymore. I mean, no. maybe it's just because the absolute amount of sugar is in, that, yeah. in those things. But it's, it's probably the same way why cereal can't have cool characters on the box That's anymore. Fun. That's fair. My, my next one, it's an absolute classic as well. I'm going with an M&M, but it's the peanut M&Ms, man. Peanut M&Ms are real good. That nut flavor, pause. Sorry if you have a peanut allergy. Well. Yeah, sorry about peanut allergies, but peanut M&Ms, absolutely legendary, man. Chocolate M&Ms, they're, they're good, man, but M&Ms, there's something just different about the size of them and, like, the packaging, the yellow packaging just stands out in the bowl. Like, it's it's easy top three for me, like peanut M&Ms. It's it's just something so good about chocolate and nut flavor, man. Pause, but still, either way, yeah. You, you like your nuts. Pause. Pause. Uh, yeah, M and M's are obviously a classic. I I prefer the M and M's around Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I think that's where they make a little bit more sense. But peanut M and M's when they're, if you're gonna make a Halloween bowl and the peanut M and M's are a little bit rounder and they're a little bit they have a little bit more weight to them because mm -hmm. of the peanut butter, that you you always had to put those in the bowl. Yeah. Just. Just so the kid thought they were getting something special, even though it was really just a pack of M&Ms that cost $1.95. But uh, my my Still next flaps. one, I'm going to go with, it's a very, very weird one. But it is something that my mom would always look for in convenience stores or like lines at the grocery store. And they were good in plenties. And if my mom likes them that much, they must be good. I don't know if everybody, everybody's probably going to fast forward through the rest of the segment now. But I, I'm going to put good plenties on my Mount Rushmore Halloween candy. I'm sorry. It just oh has to be gosh. done. There, there's going to be listeners and people that see the graphic and be like, what the hell is Jimmy thinking? Like, he's not picking the top, the main ones. Like, he's he's picking ones out of left field. Like, it's... You guys are the ones who came to the kid who doesn't eat candy <laughs> for a list of our candy. So there, that's uh, my explanation that's, for that. That's fair. Then my one of my favorite candies, my last one, one of my favorite candies to ever eat any time of the year is Jolly Ranchers. I love Jolly Rancher flavors. Everything but grape. Every, like all the flavors are so good. And Jolly Ranchers can't beat them. I can suck on suck on those paws again. Wow, we're just coming in hot. But I can suck on those all day and just keep pounding those in my <laughs> in my mouth all day. Well, I just I just need to stop. <laughs> I just need to stop. Jolly Ranchers good. They're they're great flavors. Love the cherry. Love the watermelon. The blue raspberry. I love the blue raspberry flavor. Those are, those are so good. You paused. 
and then you, it was like you paused to think of a dirtier way to phrase it. It was great. I loved it. That's good audio. My my bet my top one, and it's because they they made it, the trips to the bank worth it, and they had a little bit of an edge to them because you could gamble and pick a mystery flavor. But I love me a pack of Dum Dums, and I love Dum Dum suckers, and I I could unwrap them and just you know the cherry if I had a cherry or a watermelon or possibly two cherries and watermelons and you can put them in on both sides and get you know that flavor all throughout your mouth this is Pause. candy's hard to talk about <laughs> the candy's if this if any of this is taken out of context we are screwed <laughs> but yeah the i love dum dum suckers and then like i said i would gamble well, sometimes. what's what's your favorite flavor because i have two in mind that just Mar- come right away to me mine are cherry and watermelon and they're similar, but those are the two that would make my mouth water the most, and that's, I, and they would last the longest. Yeah, for me, I, I, I agree with you. Watermelon cherry sometimes doesn't hit right. I love blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. As long as you're not, your tongue blue, yeah. like it's it's it just hits different. As long as you're not like a bubblegum or a root beer dum dum guy, because those are, like, if I wanted a root beer, I'd buy a root beer. Go get a different candy. Yeah, don't. Dum dums were made to be like cherry. Watermelon, blue raspberry. Yeah, it's not supposed to be flavored <laughs> after a soda. Are you kidding? But, yeah, okay. So those are those are our Mount Rushmore's of Halloween. Can't, you got Top any your honorable mentions? Honorable mentions, I can't believe we, you, you and me both. I mean, I'm not a big Kit Kat guy, but I can't believe you didn't have it on there. I know you probably... Ch- Chance the Rapper would be disappointed in me. Kit Kat's not on there. Reese's Puffs. Or, or Reese, Reese's, Reese's Cups, yeah. Why did I say Puffs, I love Reese's, Reese's Puffs, but I love Reese's, Reese's Cups, the original. Got to yeah, give love to the OG. There's, there's so many good candies out there. It's hard to pick top four. I, I just want the classics for me to just hit home. But like, it, you I, just I don't want people Reese's to be mad at you anymore. I couldn't put Reese's on there just because like I, it's not the one I'm looking forward to the most. Like when I pick a top four Halloween candies, I have to be like, where the hell is this? Like, like I gotta dig through and find these. And it's Reese's like. They're, they're on the top of them, like, what else do I got? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, what else do I got? You know what I mean? And sometimes you, sometimes you pull it off, and you when you pull the wrapper, it starts looking like LeBron's bald spot. And, and then you can't, like, you or lose some of the chocolate. Well, you lose some of the chocolate when it stays in the wrapper. So the Reese's Cups are hit or miss. I, I agree with you there. Reese's Puffs, far superior to the Reese's Cup. Re- better breakfast cereal, not that great of a Halloween candy. All right, that's enough sweets. Let's get into some sports because this is a fucking sports podcast. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. And we have tons to talk about. We're we're starting with football. NCAA football. And we're starting with college football because Big Ten football back. Big Ten, Pac-12 is going back. Everyone's coming back, baby. It's going to be so much fun. This weekend has got a lot of good games. Let's cover this past week's games because, man, there are a lot of good games. Let's start with with, uh, Clemson just a ball absolutely like – Murdering Georgia Tech, like throw the damn towel, set, throw the damn towel, and like end the game. The game should have been over at halftime. Like, Dabo was about to put a fan in at quarterback, just so that they wouldn't throw score. Throw one of those frat he, boys at Clemson at quarterback, see what they could have done against Georgia Tech. Dabo's like, I don't know what to do. I have my towel boy playing quarterback right now, and he's still throwing for 350 yards. Georgia Tech, where where are you? Did you show up? It was at Georgia Tech too. Clemson was the visitor. And they scored 70. That's disrespectful. That's dis- if you're not the home team and you score 73 points and you play four quarterbacks, that's disrespectful. 
I feel so bad for Georgia Tech right now. You're doing to your own fans, too, when you're at home. Because fans came to watch Trevor Lawrence play. And he only played, like, literally two like a half. Like, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. We'll talk more about a specific performance later because it comes up in our ending of the show segments. But look, Trevor Lawrence... I would stop playing as well as he is if I were him, or just declare now that you're staying in school because you don't want to be drafted. You definitely don't want to be drafted to the football team because we all know about that culture. More surrounding especially, them. don't want to go to the fucking Jets. <laughs> if they get rid of Adam Gase, maybe, but you don't want to go to the Jets. Yeah. Train right there, but. And uh, so Clemson looks. Clemson's legit. They're going to be number one for the rest of the season. They're not going to lose. They're going to obliterate Notre Dame when they play them in a couple weeks. They're going to run through whoever ends up meeting them in the ACC championship. And good luck in the national championship because I bet you they blow through whoever the four seed is in the college football playoff. They are something else. It's it's actually kind of frightening to watch. top two team. They're going to be in the national title unless – Something I, stupid where Alabama gets the fourth seed, and then maybe... And maybe. I don't see them being in competitive games. I don't see them struggling up until the national championship, maybe. But, like, their their offense is good with Etienne, and they lost a lot of NFL receivers, but they somehow have even more NFL receivers coming up. It's, it's crazy. Trevor Lawrence is great, but he's got great receivers to throw to. Their defense with Brent Venables, unreal. Like they scored seventy three points, they only gave up seven. So their defense did something right. It's it ridiculous. I, it's not like you know. We'll talk. Let's just let's get into the Alabama game because that's the next one down. Two and three. Yeah, and two yeah, and three. It was against Georgia. It was a close game to start the game, the first half, and then Alabama just blew them out of the waters. Georgia didn't even score a point no, in the it, second half. Man, the Alabama defense is special. Or sorry, offense is special. Najee Harris is going to be a top ten pick in the draft. Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. Going to be an animal. Jalen Waddle, like there's so many good weapons. Mac Jones is is, is looking like Tua Tagovailoa just because of the weapons he has. Like was, he's was good blessed pronunci- with so many good players. That was good pronunciation. I like that. Yeah, I know a little bit. Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Yeah, Alien Brown. Mac Jones is not. He's he's gonna get drafted next year because of the weapons he has around him. He's gonna be a fifth round pick, maybe a third round pick at the most, just because the great team offense he has around him. Yeah, I don't even know what year. Is he a senior? I don't know if he's a senior or not, mm-hmm. but he is um, he's a junior. So he could stay one more year, maybe prove maybe. on next year next year's offense that he, he is as good as he is. But uh, at some point, Alabama's offense is great, and he's got so many weapons around him. But he is playing very well alongside the weapons that he has. Like 400 yards yeah. is nothing to sneeze at, and he did have over 400 yards, and he scored – the lowest points that the Alabama offense has scored is 38. And They're putting up numbers. That is some, like, 38, 52, 63, 41. They're, they're firing on all cylinders, and that runs through quarterback. The like, only downfall of that team is going to be the defense. Putting, giving, letting Georgia put 24 points up on you, like, Georgia's offense haven't, hasn't been putting up big numbers. Are they going to be able to stop a Clemson offense who can fire on all cylinders? One through the – Going from the starters to all the way the bench players can put up points. Yeah, Clemson's offense is... They're going to have to be able to stop, stop people. I mean, they did in the second half, give them that. But that first half, they were not looking good. That offense is as scary as the 2018 Kansas City Chiefs offense. The first year that they were... Uh, the year that they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship, I think their offense was more explosive because they were scoring all their points in the second quarter. And that's what this Clemson team is. They can... 
you can blink in the like halfway through the second quarter and you're down forty two to ten and it was just, you know, a ten point game three three possessions earlier, but all of a sudden they're scoring on offense, defense, they might have a kick return touchdown because they have just so many athletes that you can't cover everybody. It's Clemson Clemson's almost not fair at this point. Clemson should go up and play against the Bengals and the Washington oh, football dude. team and, and the Giants. I'm one of those people that believe the college football team still can't be an NFL team just because the talent is there. No, not not for wins, but just for some competition. I know. I, that's that's fair. That's I give it. Maybe they'll give the they would give the Jets some run for money. If Adam Gase is coaching, I I would put my I, I'm not going to say that they're going to win outright, but I would not cover, be surprised. They yeah, they cover the spread, and I would not be surprised if we get if if there is a little bit of an upset there, but. Clemson's unreal. And the next best team, or I guess the next two best teams in the ACC, proved over the weekend that they are nowhere close. Notre Dame and North Carolina, both, I mean, four and five respectively. Not anymore. North Carolina loses to Florida State 31-28. Notre Dame barely beats Louisville, who's one and four. Hasn't been good since Lamar Jackson left them. And they beat them 12-7. There's a, a lot to be concerned about if you're an ACC Notre fan. Notre Dame is going to run into Clemson in a few weeks, and that's going to be a train wreck. If Notre Dame is somehow able to pull off the upset, they will be a secured spot in Final Four, but they have to win that game because they're, they're not a team that's going to be contending for the fi- the Final Four if they play games like that. They're Louisville, not a good team, only putting up 12 points. That's ridiculous. I mean... Like we said, Clemson put up seventy three yeah. against a team that's one that was two and two. They Georgia, have one more win than Louisville. Had. I mean, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's they they're different now because their offense is no, they're no longer running the triple option. But I always said if they updated their scheme a little bit, they have the athletes to play with anybody. Georgia Tech's not a bad team. Louisville is just a bad a bad team, and Notre Dame struggled with Louisville's a bad team. Louisville's 0-4 in the ACC. They, they only have one win against a non-conference opponent. Like, yeah. You only put up 12 points. That's just ridiculous. And then North Carolina, they're they're not they're not top eight worthy. They're going to drop. I think, I'm think i pretty sure they're at 14 now, right? They're at 14, 14 now. 14 now. They're not going to get back in the top ten. They were there just because the Big Ten isn't in the rankings and the Pac-12 isn't in the rankings. Um, it's one of those things where – Florida State got their asses handed to by Miami, and you can't even beat beat them. Like Miami's now gonna jump ahead of you. Yeah. Like North Carolina, it's just a fluke, man. It's they got ranked five just because Ohio State and all the big big schools are there. It's it was a bad weekend to have an off night because now North Carolina finishes out the rest of their schedule. They play North Carolina, NC State this weekend, and NC State's ranked twenty third in the country, and it's a rivalry game, so it's huge. And then the last two weeks, the second, the third to last, and the second to last week of the season, they played Notre Dame and Miami back to back. So if they want to compete for an ACC championship and maybe get back in the top ten, maybe top eight range, they're going to have to win out the rest of their schedule and look pretty good in some of these games. Like Virginia, they're going to have to blow out. Duke, they're going to have to blow out. Wake Forest, they're going to have to blow out. And then they're going to have to beat Notre Dame and Miami at the end of the season. And then. That's their road to possibly getting and back into the ACC championship, and then have to take down Clemson. I mean, That's... I don't see them beating Clemson, but I do think I think North Carolina is better. I do think that their fifth ranking last week was was legitimate. They obviously didn't play well enough to keep it, so uh, they lost. So I'm going to back down on that. But they are a good team. Sam Howell is a future star. I don't know if he's going to be in the NFL a star, but he's a college football superstar right now. 
Uh, he's getting to that point. I think he can win a Heisman in his career. So they are a good team. And Mac Brown's a great coach. Mac yeah, Brown has Mac been a great coach, coach everywhere that he's been. And he's doing a lot with a program who didn't have much. Like, North Carolina's a basketball school. Oh, 100% a basketball and, school. And their football team has been – they were good last year. They're still good. So I, I think this is just, just a, a – it was a trap game. It was a bad game for North Carolina. That trap game's going to cost them, though. They have to make a rundown if they're going to squeeze into that fourth spot, though. Yeah, that's it's it was like I said, it was a bad week to have a bad night. Uh, but now you know what you have to do moving forward. You're gonna you're gonna have to make up for it. And in other news, the Kentucky baby, I picked that too before the in my beats the week last week. They dominated Tennessee, man. Tennessee did not look good at all. Kentucky hit on all cylinders. I thought that was ridiculous. Kentucky was the underdogs there. They just came out and dominated, man. It was an easy, easy cap, easy way to win some bait, win some cash. Uh, how much? How much did you win on? About thirty bucks. Oh, Show yeah, me the that's, money. That's, I mean, college football is difficult to bet on, anyways. Um, They're a heavy underdog. Yeah, ten, that made no sense because Tennessee hasn't been good since nineteen ninety four. They kind of got when was Peyton senior year? Yeah, they kind of got gifted the eighteenth um, spot in the AP poll, like just and, because and the teams weren't there. This is what I'm talking about when I say I think the Big Ten is the best conference, top to bottom, because the SEC. Like the top schools are good with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, but then you got teams like Kentucky and Tennessee, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. The, the teams that are doormats of college football for everybody. Like the AAC teams, Cincinnati can come in and beat Vanderbilt and probably beat Kentucky and maybe compete with Tennessee. Like this is they their best teams are great, but they they fall off heavily. Like South Carolina. And if you want to give me Auburn as a good SEC team, South Carolina Auburn, beat man. Auburn by eight this past weekend. Sure. So uh, the SEC is not as strong throughout as people think, and that's why that was a, a weird line. But let, let's get into some Big Ten football because I'm excited for Big Ten football to come back. It's my favorite favorite conference to watch because CU sucks and uh, Mountain West is on at, after dark. It's almost like you're staying up late to watch the, the Dirty Channel back when you were a little kid watching Mountain West football. Uh, big weekend coming up, and I, you, you can start because I know your game of the your game. Yeah, of the my, week. my game of the week, man. Nebraska, Ohio State, going to be an absolute shootout. Nebraska was one of those teams saying the Big Ten is not playing. We're going to play just random. They schools. talked a lot of shit. They talked a lot of shit, and they get matched up with Justin Fields and a stacked Ohio State team. Even though they lost a lot of big pieces, they're going to be a great team. And I think Nebraska. I mean, they got it's a put up or shut up game. The game's at 10 a.m. Like it, on the mount on the mountain time zone, like it's it's one of those games where like either Ohio State just dominates or this is going to be a field goal game. Mm-hmm. There's no in between. It's not like Nebraska's going to blow them out. Ohio State will be in the game completely, but it's it's going to be a great hard nosed football game. This is around the time that Ohio State likes to almost lose to Maryland too. Uh, so the, the, it could be an upset. It could and, be a trap game. And since they haven't played anybody, they haven't played a live opponent since. January when they lost to Clemson in the semifinal. Who knows how sharp Justin Fields is going to be? Who knows how they're going to replace J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins in the backfield? And who knows what they have coming back on defense? This is this this is the biggest question mark, and we'll see how the rest of this weekend goes for Ohio State. But a lot of people are saying Ohio State's the only chance the Big Ten has at representation because I don't think there's another team who could go undefeated in in the schedule that they have. My game of the week is also in the Big Ten. And it's Michigan, Minnesota, because if you want, if you're a fan of the Big Ten and you want a representative in the college football playoff, you're going to have to have more than just Ohio State go undefeated. 
You're going to have to have a Michigan catch fire and push towards the top ten, or maybe a Minnesota because they did it last year, or Wisconsin or Penn State. Those are those are the four teams that I could see maybe making a little bit of noise in the in the national rankings. But other than that, like I'm, I'm hoping Michigan is able to get off a bunch of wins because it's always fun watching Michigan Ohio State game at the end of the year and both those two teams being in the top five, six, whatever it may be, and having that game mean so much more because it's basically, if you win that game, you make the playoff. Like It, it makes it so much more fun to watch. Um, yeah. But Minnesota, yeah, man, I think Minnesota could make a run. Those, they were a lot of fun, a fun team to watch last year. Great knows? story. Yeah, great story as well. Like Big Ten, uh, Penn State is right there too. They're going to have a bunch of tough tests. Maybe they can shock a bunch of people. They're not going to lose to Indiana, I guarantee that. No, <laughs> but, not, not to Indiana, definitely. Uh, the Big Ten has some great coaching um, just all around, too, because James Franklin at Penn State has been a great coach. P.J. Fleck at Minnesota is a great coach. Um, a lot of people like to say Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. I'm going to reserve judgment until he beats Ohio State. Day, yeah. And Ryan Day really surprised me last year. Scott Foster, too. There's, there's yeah, Frost at Nebraska Frost, is, yeah. is a great coach. So uh, it'll be Big Ten football coming back is a big deal, and it is going to matter in the rankings at some point. because but it shakes out the rankings completely. It, and now – Looking at the rankings for this week, you still got the same, roughly the same top four. Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame, Georgia, Ohio State now moved into the five spots since North Carolina lost. Oklahoma State hanging around undefeated. They didn't get to play this past weekend. Um, their game with Baylor was postponed, but they're six. And a lot of people are thinking outside of the Big Ten, of the teams, of the Power Five conferences, that have played a full season of the teams in those conferences. Oklahoma State right now is your only undefeated team in the Big 12, I, I believe. Yeah, they're only shot, honestly, to get the Final Four. Texas and Oklahoma, everyone thought they'd be right there, but they've, they've, fall, they've, they've fallen apart. That, that game a few weeks back was incredible between the two of them, but they have to – both those teams have to go on a big run and then have a bunch of teams lose within the top four to get in. Uh, um, it would have to be absolute chaos for the rest of the season for Oklahoma or Texas to make it into the playoff now. They could – they could see. I could see them winning the Big 12 championship, but they're not making the playoff no, with two yeah. losses. Oklahoma State's the only hope. Only right now they're the only hope, and they could very well finish the season undefeated. Um, if I – right now if I'm looking – at a team that could be a surprise. You you you've been talking about the Pac twelve. I'm not as excited for the Pac twelve to come back as I was the Big Ten, but Oregon is sitting around there at thirteen. BYU is at five and zero. BYU has looked pretty good in some of their games too against decent opponents. Uh, beat the crap out of Navy in the first week, fifty five to three, and now they're 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 an independent, so they get to play some some easier opponents. But they they have beaten. Are, they, they didn't get to play Army, but they beat in Liberty, Lib, or that's Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is, is not that great, but they, they, had, they are a pretty good team. They're ranked 12th right now. They can make a surprise run. But my, my surprise run is going to be Cincinnati because I do think that these teams playing all-conference schedules are going to beat the crap out of each other, and you have the liability of an SEC school or an ACC school winning the championship with two losses maybe. Yeah, so that would be a, a situation. Be chaos as well. Yeah, uh, it's going to be like very similar to what UCF had a few years back. Like they're going to need a team to drop out or, or fall apart at the at the end of the year, and that could happen very well. Could very in, well. Happen. In this season, I th- I think that's more of a possibility. 
it, too bad UCF isn't as good as they were that year they beat Auburn in the bowl game as they are now. Mm-hmm. Because this would be their year that they could maybe sneak in as a group of five team in the in the top four. Yeah. But and then the other game that we got uh, we got slightly touch upon is uh, how many points do you think Clemson is going to win by against Syracuse? Uh, I'm saying over forty. Yeah, you said <laughs> they're the going to cover over forty. You said the over was fifty. The over under was fifty. I don't know what the over under is I, exactly, it, but I'm saying they'll win by over forty. Yeah, guaranteed. It's Syracuse doesn't have a defense. Syracuse. It's the same same thing that I was talking about with Louisville and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a good team. Syracuse is not. The Clemson's going to go. Are they playing at at Syracuse? I think they might be playing at Syracuse. Which oh, no, it is. Clemson. It's in oh, Death Valley. Yes. Oh man, this, that Trevor makes Lawrence me is going to play one quarter. Trevor Lawrence might play. I, if I was Dabo Sweeney, play him a series. Let him get an eighty-five yard touchdown. Padded stats a little bit. Say hey, the Heisman race. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this is still the best quarterback in the country. But if I play him anymore. We're going to score 100. This is not going to be a good game. Uh, Syracuse, no chance. 45 and a half is the spread. Jesus Christ. Clemson's going to win by that much. I, at least. That's like, and, and if the over-under is set somewhere, it's got to be set somewhere around 60. I'd say probably 57 and a half. And I can see Clemson beating that themselves. Yeah, easily. I mean, I think they score over 50. And I think Syracuse... Give up score, three, maybe. Yeah, and Syracuse maybe under 10 points. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 being very generous, too. If they get three, it's going to be a very hard-fought three, and that's one of those field goals that you celebrate on the sidelines afterward because you're like, wow, we just moved the ball at least 25 yards on a defense yeah, that we have no business being on the field with. But Syracuse is... Uh, I feel bad. Lambs to the cosmic slaughter. Go go ahead, take your ass kicking from Clemson, especially in Death Valley, and let's move on from and this. And get season. ready for basketball season if you're a Syracuse fan, because this is not a game you're gonna want to watch. No, if Jim Beheim was on the sidelines, this is not gonna be a closer game. This is there's no way in hell that Clemson loses. And now that we're saying that, watch this be the biggest upset of all time in oh, college football God. history. If it happens, it will go down as. The second biggest behind Virginia losing to a 16 seed, but they'll it'll be right there. Like it's no chance. I still no chance. No, no chance. But let's let's transition now into some NFL football because we were talking about some NFL teams with uh, Trevor Lawrence, but there were some weird games in, in this past week. Let's start with your Broncos. My Denver Broncos, baby. It was it was ugly. No, very ugly. You never very, very ugly. Both of us, we picked the Broncos. All those insiders didn't pick them. They picked the Patriots. It's the first win since 2006 the Broncos have had at Foxborough. And our quarterback was Jake Plummer. Jake the Snake Plummer, bro. Like, are you kidding me? Drew Locke is the youngest quarterback to ever win in Foxborough. There's another stat for you. He didn't put up good numbers, but defense carried. And Brandon McManus helped me get a fantasy football W also. 24 points. He scored every point the Broncos had. Drew Locke needs to punch it in better, but he got the team in field goal range, and they did what they needed to do to win. You don't want to make a habit of winning games like this, but... Going to Fox, bro. No. Makes it feel a little better. If I was a little bit more high on this Broncos roster, and and if I was where you were thinking that they're going to make it into 8-8, I would love this victory because it shows that you can win ugly. Mm -hmm. Because if you can win a game where you don't score a single touchdown, you kick six field goals, good on you. Because that's difficult to do at any level, but especially in the NFL, against the the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots, as... 
weird as it is not having Tom Brady and as much as that may, might be affecting them and their chemistry and uh, Bill Belichick might not have as much of a hold on the team as he used to, that's still, it's when you're that good for that long, it's difficult to forget how to win. The Broncos' three losses are against teams that are combined 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. They have lost Tennessee, who is undefeated and the number one team in their division. Shout out Taylor LeJuan. Hope you get better soon get better. towards ACL. They lost to Pittsburgh, who is the number one team in your division. Possibly the number one team in the AFC. AFC. And then Tampa Bay, who also just obliterated. Those Those are our three losses. I mean, it's it, the schedule doesn't get easier. Playing Kansas City twice, but like we're, we've shown that we can play tough games, and if we if we're, like what I'm saying, we can beat tough games. The Chargers are known for blowing leads in the fourth quarter. If we can win games like we did on Sunday against the Chargers twice, we're right there getting into eight and eight. It's got to look better, and the the offensive weapons that you're getting back now because that was the big thing. Everybody was saying, "Oh, this offense will look so much better when everybody comes back." Well, you just had uh, Locke and Lindsey come back. Quicker than I think a lot of people were expecting, mm-hmm. and they didn't look good. And I, well, I wouldn't say I, you, I wouldn't say that um, who's the backup. The I don't I wouldn't say that Rippin could have played much worse than Drew Locke. Ten of twenty four, one hundred eighty nine yards with two interceptions. I don't think that Rippin would have been too too much worse no, than, than Drew Locke. Rippin, uh, Locke, the addition to Locke, putting him back in the lineup just energized the team. I know it may not show it on the stat book, but he is a leader to this team. And he um, showed it why. Like it's, it's one of those things where like the Broncos, like it's, 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 it's going to be a tough schedule. Playing Kansas City twice, not easy at all. Playing the Chargers, that's 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 going to be especially with tough. Herbert. They look pretty pretty scary. And the and the Raiders, we keep going back and forth on the Raiders because they keep going back and forth. But the Raiders are pretty good. The Raiders are good. I'm going to give them credit with the credit too. I hate the Raiders more than anything. Like you hate the Steelers, yeah. but the Raiders because the Broncos do have the edge over the Raiders. So even as I, much I, as I, I hate the Steelers, I did admit that they're probably the best team in the AFC. Yeah. Sitting at five and zero. I don't want to talk too much about them because they make me upset, but they they did have some things happen, but their defense, they're, they're still proving that defense wins championships. The thing with the Broncos, too, is we, we added players back, but we also subtracted on the offense, especially Fant wasn't there. Yeah. You had to start a rookie at tight end, Albert. Oh, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> Okawebanon, I think. Whatever it's, whatever it's pronounced as. And that he guy can't start. block his way out of a wet paper bag. Exactly. Fant was heavily missed there, and mm-hmm. then he missed Melvin Gordon because his dumb ass had a DUI. And strep throat. See, it's... How, how bad of a week can you have when you get a DUI you and subtra- strep throat? You, subtra- you subtracted two stars, but you got two back, luckily. So that's that's a positive side. Now you just got to get healthy. Because if we can make a run, like we said, we're winning close games. Like We just, we just got to take one or surprise some more people with some big wins. If we can take care of the games that we should win... Um, or that should that that would be close. Then we do have a chance to get to eight and eight, but it's it's a long road. We're two and three. You just gotta now we gotta win, take it one game at a time. Probably gonna lose this week, but you can beat the Chargers and beat Atlanta the following two weeks and get back to four and four. So that's that's how I'm looking at it. If we get to eight and eight, then we're in the playoffs. We're in playoff contention, not position, because we probably. I mean, you're in the hunt. You're, you're in still the hunt. in the in the hunt graphic. Yeah, that's all I care about. That would be something. Uh, let's talk about my team a little bit because it was very disappointing. Oh, tough way, Jim. Um, very tough. So it was. It was actually like last week was a pretty good week. Our episode. All right, you guys are we're listening pretty good on the to the regular episode, and then you guys absolutely ate up the interview with Birdman, which we knew you would. I mean, that, that was going to be a special episode, anyways. 
I did turn 23 last week. We didn't mention yep. it on the podcast. Big Jim, Big Jim had a huge birthday. I did have my 23rd birthday, mm-hmm. and then I spent the weekend up in Greeley, got to do a lot of cool things. It was it was going well. And then the Bengals jumped out to a 21 nothing lead over the Colts. <laughs> and I it was it just so I didn't even realize that they were going to be on in Denver. The Bengals never get played on Denver TV. They were on Fox in the Denver market, uh, and they were up 23 21 nothing. And then they didn't score another touchdown. Oh, it's unfortunate, and, I picked the Bengals, too, with my pick them. Uh, I, was, I was hoping for you. I felt bad. I couldn't live-tweet the Broncos game because half, for half the game I was fishing. But, like, like I wanted to live-tweet the Broncos game because I saw your sadness. Because it, it was so happy at the beginning of the game. And then once you got to the end, you're like, this sucks. I can't believe they do this to me every week. Why the to, fuck do I watch this team? It just gets worse and worse. Yeah, and I, I needed a break from football. I had to, <laughs> I had to ter- turn on New Girl for a little bit before I left and came back home. But that was just like, as, as difficult as it is for the Patriots to forget how to win, it's twice as difficult for the Bengals to learn how to, learn how to win games yeah. and learn how to forget how to lose because that's all they do. And that's, that's what it really is. They're, the talent is there. The offensive line is bad. Like, Joe Burrow is starting to get a little bit gun-shy. Like, he's not gun-shy in that he's turning away from contact. He's just expecting it at this point. There was a, a play where he did have a clean pocket for, like, four seconds, and he flinched. Like, oh, my. Out of time. What nobody's, is this? Nobody's hitting me yet? This is this is interesting. Um, I hope that he this season doesn't ruin him. And I do hope that Mike Brown is putting together some sort of plan to bolster that offensive line because now that you have your quarterback that you know you're going to you're going to play behind for the next 20 years. Let's go ahead and, and let's get these things going and start putting everything on the right track. T. Higgins had a big day. I think it was his first 100-yard receiving yeah. day, six receptions, 125 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon came back. He was hurt, but then he came back from an injury. Like There was so many good things going on for the Bengals, but they just know. I had a coach that would be like, you could fuck up a wet dream. And the Bengals at this point are that team in the NFL where, like, you can jump out to a 21 nothing lead and we're the only fan base that's like, wait, wait, watch. See, I told you they'd blow it. I told you it would happen. Speaking about blowing leads, Atlanta Falcons finally got a win. Well, the... Yeah, we, 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 we're, we're going to spend some time on Atlanta because I feel bad for you guys. Oh, I feel so terrible for you guys. Because the Falcons got a win, but you guys blew a 3-1 lead in, in baseball. The third best comeback this year from a 3-1. Yes, third comeback. Because yeah, yeah. the Clippers and the Jazz still both blew 3-1 leads. But, like, <laughs> it's almost like Atlanta can only have one sports team win at a time. And, and this was the wrong week to have the Falcons find themselves and, and then the Braves completely forget how to play baseball. But... Atlanta, we feel bad for you. I, I, and I, I want to talk about a couple other games. Um, the game that happened today as we recorded this, your former quarterback put up a goose egg, basically. Those Cowboys are down 31-10. They were down 31-3. Uh, Dallas just scored with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Andy Dalton's not the answer. Cowboys need to chalk this year up, get uh, go in the draft, get a top-five pick, and hopefully um, bolster that defense up because – Cowboys are going to rely heavily on Zeke uh, without Dak. Hopefully Dak, Dak is able to come back soon, but Zeke is going to have to carry that offense. Andy Dalton sucks, and Jimmy knows that more than anything. He is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Yes, not not near as good as the Andy Dalton who was able to drag those bad Bengals teams to the playoffs, especially 
Uh, the two other games I wanted to talk about: the Bears, and then I wanted to talk about the Packers game with the Buccaneers. Game. I'll start with wow. the I'll start with the Packers game first because uh, we've been talking about it, and we gave as much praise as I think we've given any team last week, especially any player. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. This team was not a bad. Th- no, is, is, it was a bad they're mentally, team. <laughs> they're mentally soft. They are very soft. This is the same kind of game that we saw last year when they played. Uh, um, 40, the 49ers on Sunday Night Football and got their, their shit right. They are good against bad teams, and, but they just aren't mentally sharp enough to be that killer instinct team because then when they go up against somebody who will put up a fight and can come back, and if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing at MVP level, this team is not as good as we think they are around him. Like The Buccaneers are talented, but they need a lot of work and, and like a lot of chemistry building. And they put it on a Packers team, which I th- I think we can all agree are better than the like the Packers on paper are way better than the Buccaneers. I don't, I don't know about on paper. I think talent wise, like that, going up leading up into this game, who would have thought thirty eight to ten would have been the outcome? I didn't think it'd be that big of a blowout, but I do got to give Tampa a little bit of credit. Although they lost to the Bears the following week, that team has a lot of great talent. They have one of the best, most underrated linebackers in the game in Levante David. Yep. Shaq Barrett is a stud. And that De- defense was Devin unbelievable. White. Devin White. Devin too. White could have been a, a Bronco. I'm, I'm sure you're a little. I mean, there's the uh, Devin White, Devin Bush. I know you got a decent player out of it with Fant, but like Devin White could have solidified the linebacker position for the Broncos. He's doing that for the Bucks now. That's true. The Bucks, the Bucks defense. Vita Vea, he was injured, but they have Vita Vea and Dominican Sue, Shaq Barrett. On, their their oh, defense yeah, is great. Antoine Fantastic. Winfield is, a, is probably I could see him winning Defensive Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. uh, in the NFC. So like the Buccaneers, their offense, they didn't have OJ Howard either. They the Gronk was able to look like New England Patriot Gronk. Maybe yeah, and, maybe it took him a little a few weeks to get back on track, but now we might be able to see a resurgence of the old Gronk. The Bears and the Packers are the two best teams, and the Bears are the number one team in the a- 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 NFC North now. You got a lot of friends that are some are Bears fans. We get a lot of Bear Down stuff on our social media. I have picked the Bears a few or not. This, not I didn't do it this week, but no. a few weeks I did take them back to back weeks. Yeah. I didn't pick them when they picked when they played Tampa, which was unfortunate. But the Bears could surprise. Are they people. good? No. Can we say we that need, they're good or that they not good? We need to calm down because they're five and one, and they've beaten some good teams. Like they just beat the Bucks the week or week before. And Carolina is not great. No, Carolina is not great, but Teddy Bridgewater is a decent quarterback. He's not easy to beat. That's another team that's going to be in a quarterback hunt the draft. The only time, like, I don't trust their coaching because I think Matt Nagy is a moron. He's done it twice now where he could have ran out most of the clock and decided to throw and give the other team, like, force your defense to make a stop to win the game. But their defense is able to do that. It's like... It's like watching the 2001 Ravens or even the 2006 Bears when they made it to the Super Bowl and lost to Peyton. Their defense just carried them so much throughout the or season. the 2016 Denver Broncos. Yeah, the, the 2016 Denver Broncos. Also like, carried us. But yeah. At what point is the offense bad enough that you can waste a good defense? Nick Foles apparently listened to Meek Mill before the game and it brought him back to his Philadelphia Eagles days. and Apparently that gave him a resurgence and that's the reason for the win. So I'm going to say... Bears are. If the Bears keep doing they this, play, they still have to play the Packers two more times, I believe. Like it's, yeah, they have that to play Bears the Packers, two yeah. losses. Like it's Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Still, they just didn't show up against Tampa Bay and the Bears. You beat Carolina good. Tampa Bay did not have a good week. This will be huge because they're going up. We'll talk about it in our pick'em, but they're playing the Rams this week. 
That's and then they'll play the Titans in. They play the Titans in two weeks. But if the Bears can continue doing what they're doing and like keep a somewhat good record throughout the rest of the season, they'll get Big Dick Nick in the playoffs, maybe. Maybe that's, that's it, like that's Nick Foles has made a made a career and and wrote a book about being a backup quarterback who gets to come in. You the just end have of the to season. tell him he's a backup. Yeah, you yeah. have to tell him he's a backup, but not the starter. It's but, all the Silchabiscus team. But like, if you're you're the guy who they replaced the the starting quarterback with, and then you make it to the playoffs somehow, you have scrapped your way. This is that's like a Nick Foles. Nick Foles is salivating over that storyline, trying to be the underdog in the playoffs. So they they could be kind of scary. They they do. They don't worry me because I don't think that they're a great team with there their coaching a, and their offense. They might be able to squeeze into a while. Their defense point. is good enough that they could maybe win some more games that they they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, they could easily squeeze into a wild card, but they'll they'll lose in the first round. It's they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're a, they're a fringe uh, playoff team. Um, I do. I am going to give that defense a lot of credit. Like you've been saying, Khalil Mack is on his way to winning Defensive Player of the Year. Like it's it's. The, the Bears have been pretty good too. Yeah, the Bears are relying heavily on the defense. The offense is going nowhere. The they don't they can't get the running back situation figured out. Um, besides throwing to Allen Robinson, like that, all, that they don't have a lot of weapons on offense. Yeah. It's just it's it's the tale of two two teams really, and I think it's probably worse than the Broncos when they were in twenty. 2015 and won Super Bowl yeah, 50. Yeah, worse, way worse. Because at least then you still had Peyton Manning who could get you into good positions. And C.J. Anderson played out of his mind that year. So, like, there was good parts about that Broncos offense. Yeah, the difference, I don't really see great parts about this Bears offense. Yeah, that di- difference between those two is the Broncos offense in 2015 still had offensive weapons. We still had um, DT. We had Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Although Peyton was at the tail end of his career and wasn't – the opinion of old, like he was still able to get the Broncos in positions to win games, and I don't think Foles can do that unless you tell him, like unless you tell him he's the backup. Unless Say Carson Wentz is, was the starter, but he got injured, so now we're going to send you into the game. Yeah, just, maybe call a Philly special, just, get him settled in. Now he needs to come out and say this is still Trubisky's team, and then maybe Foles will win some more games. It'll be let's let's close out this football talk and let's get into something else that was huge over the weekend. We have the World Series set, and it's the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Los Angeles Dodgers. We mentioned it. The Atlanta Braves blew a 3-1 lead. Congratulations. You're added to that list. 2020's been a bitch to... Jazz and Clippers still blew 3-1 leads. Yeah. 2020's been a bitch to the teams who got who had 3-1 leads. But Dodgers come back and sneak into the playoffs. Or sneak into the World Series. The Rays shut the door on the Astros. Trying thank to do God. the same thing. Yeah, thank, thank God. Lord. Screw you. Houston Astros fan base, you guys. Okay, not screw you fan base, screw you team. Yeah, screw you team. We have some pods on the on his network that are Astros fans, oh. so we, we can't can't say that screw the fan base. No, it's weird that you're Astros fans, but the team still go bang I your trash it. can. Go bang your trash can. Watching the World Series from home. Uh, that, Thank is, God, because they almost blew a three L D too, and that would have been even more historic. Yeah, the. Thank, thank God that, that God. that's all I can see. I'm pretty that. sure you picked this as your World Series too. You had Rays Dodgers in your World. I know you had the Rays. Uh, yeah, I did have. Rays I know Dodgers. you had the Rays Dodgers. I did have Rays. I had Rays Yankees Dodgers. Dodgers. So I, I mean, it's maybe I had the Padres. I'm not sure. I can't. I no, because we both had the Dodgers win the World Series. That's, yeah, that, that's why. Because do you still yeah. have that? I still. I'm. I'm. Ner- I'm interested now because the Rays. I don't. Honestly, I don't know too many. Too too much about their team, but like. 
the way the seasons have gone, they're hot and they are they're playing they are playing like a number one seed. Yeah, it's 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 fun to watch. It's it's very similar to like like I don't want to say to the Rockies in two thousand seven because the Rays were number one seed, but like it's yeah. a bunch of like people like players that are no names necessarily that are all putting up great numbers. It's literally it's L A versus Tampa Bay. That's that's the best way to put it. L A, Hollywood, all the stars, Tampa Bay, no, nothing <laughs> yeah. town. Let's yeah, be honest, exactly. not the biggest town. Yeah. It's a hockey town, not a baseball town. Like it's, it's it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's going to be a fun is, one. Has, I may even live tweet a few games just for the hell of it. This but. has the possibility of being the best year in Tampa Bay professional sports history because you could you could have a Stanley Cup. Maybe win a World Series. You can almost be the you can almost be the South Boston at this point. And yeah. Jim uh, Mernier, who is uh, he's the J he's J Dash on the J Dash Morning Monday, Show on Wednesday, the Fridays. on the Unhinged Network. He is a Boston fan who actually lives in Jacksonville, Florida now. So he he might end up you know seeing some resemblance between Tampa Bay and uh, Boston this year because they do have a chance to win four major sports championships. With uh, if they win the Super Bowl, they won the Stanley not Cup. Not basketball, but not basketball. So they could win three out of the four major yeah. sports championships this e- this yeah. year. Uh, they they I don't know their pitchers by name, but they I have don't know the pitchers by name either. But, but their pitching rotation pitching is basically all six foot four, really skinny Hard guys who throw ninety six miles an hour with like eighty four inch arms. So it's impossible to see the ball before it gets to you. Um, so their pitching could be the X factor. Just because you don't know, like Clayton Kershaw has the most pressure, the most amount of pressure on him at this point. Those guys have no pressure. Like the whole race organization, no like this is gravy. No they weren't, they weren't expected to be here if it was a regular year, and nobody thought that they were going to be the way that they were during the regular season. So just enjoy what you have now, and, and let's see. Maybe you, maybe you can be the very, very similar to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Is I mean Miami did come out of nowhere and Tampa Bay was the one seed, but no one really predicted. They, they Tampa did Bay come out of nowhere getting the one seed. No too, one, no so. one thought Tampa Bay was going to get into the World Series, and now you have L.A. versus a Florida team. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll see something very similar. Who knows? But uh, as much as it sucks to see the Dodgers in the World Series again, especially as the Rockies fans, I am kind of pulling for them. It's hard to say that because I do I do want my pick to win. There's that, but I feel bad for Clayton Kershaw, man. Kershaw's had a bad rap for so many years, yeah. and he can't come up in the postseason. I'm, I'm hoping he pulls off one because there's two reasons. This One, I hope the Dodgers can finally get a win so they can stop getting anybody they want. And yeah. two, if the Rockies do end up possibly trading Nolan Arenado, one of the suitors is the Dodgers, and if the Dodgers lose, they're probably going to trade for Nolan, and if Burdick's dumbass picks the Dodgers and traded Nolan. I'm gonna have a riot and never watch baseball, Colorado Rockies baseball again. But that's that's the, the problem. I hope the Dodgers are able to win one finally, so the Rockies' life may be a little bit easier and they'll stop spending so much money and work on their talent. I guess I don't. That's wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, because I because yeah. because uh, maybe the Rockies will contend one day for. The NLS, second best team in the NL West, because we're never winning the NL West again. Apparently, we never won the NL West, so that's that's the that's one thing. But um, back to back to back to back to back NL West participants. Yeah, participants. <laughs> For the last twenty five years, we have played baseball in the National League West Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we might uh, 
live tweet a few of the World Series games, depending on the days. Um, probably won't be live tweeting if there's a football game on, but if it's a Wednesday, I might be, might do it just for the hell of it. Why yeah, not? There's a, It'll be a lot slower than what you think. It'll be four hours of watching baseball, which might be a little bit hard, but Wednesday nights are free now with no basketball. Hopefully so. there's a lot of fireworks and a lot of runs scored. I do think that this these are the two best teams in baseball. There's been a lot of championships recently where you can legitimately say these are the two best teams that were left. Uh, even if this is a, a weird season for baseball, only playing 60 games, the Dodgers were 43-17 and 17 in the regular season. They were the one seed in the West um, and, the, and the NL. And then the Rays were 40-20 and 20 in the regular season. They were the one seed in the American League. This is legitimately the two best teams that are left. I think it's crazy. Right now the Dodgers are favored minus 170 in the first game. I think that's a little bit much. Um, this will be something we might have to live tweet the at least the elimination games. Yeah. Uh, because this will be, I, th- I think the Rays are going to jump out to an early lead, but the the Dodgers have the the established stars and those stars like Corey Seager came back and was the NLCS MVP. And I get I I think it's one of my beats of the week. I'm not sure if I put it in there, but he's a good line to win. The World Series MVP as well. So like, there's a lot to look out for. This might not be going off. Mookie Betts is making some of the best defensive plays we've seen. It's not the Yankees versus the Dodgers, but the Rays versus the Dodgers isn't going to be isn't going to lack in in the amount of stellar play. Entertainment value is going to still be there. It's still a World Series. Like we said, basketball's over. So throw some baseball on. Why not? There is still a championship to be won. So why not? Uh, now, uh, is there any? Oh, we wanted we, we gotta yeah, talk about the USC big big card this weekend, man. It took us an hour to get here, but this is huge coming up. Such a big card, man. UFC two fifty four Habib versus Justin Gaethje, one of the most dominant fighters the M- or UFC has ever seen, and Habib Nurmagomedov puts his title on the line against Gaethje. It is a great card top to bottom. I know we have our pick coming up, um, but let's preview this fight a little. Justin Gaethje fighting out of northern Colorado. Trans here in Denver. Um, let's start Let's start at the first fight because we're going to do the pick of the, okay. the main card. So That's let's fair. start at the first fight of the, of the main card. Um, it's early card this week. Yeah, it starts, starts early. I don't, know, I don't know why they decided to do that with... You know, it's a championship, champion versus championship match because uh, or, championship, but yeah, yeah, but it is still title versus yeah. title, and it's to find out who the undisputed lightweight champion is in the main event. Um, but we'll start off with the first fight on the card. I'm assuming this is one of Khabib's training partners at light heavyweight. Uh, let's let's see if I can figure out how to say the the Ankalev Ankalev is the uh, Russian at the light heavyweight division in the first fight, and then Kutaleba is. His opponent, 13-1, 15-5, and 0. Do you know much about either of these guys? I'm assuming Ankaleev is a training partner of Khabib because they're both Russian, and he looks like he could be Khabib's long-lost cousin. Um, and the other guy looks more like a short... He should be a middleweight. He's 6'1", 205. Uh, Ankaleev is 6'3", and, and obviously he's 205. He fights at the light heavyweight division. This will be... It, it, this card is weird because it's a huge, it's very huge weird. implications for the main event and the co-main event. But like all the other fights are basically throwaways. It's one of those cards where you they put like up and coming guys on the main card and undercard because people they'll know they'll buy the pay per view just because yeah. it's Habib. Um, we saw that back in January with Connor's 
uh, card with Cerrone. There wasn't a lot of big names in that card. It was mostly young guys that they're trying to push, mm-hmm. and that's and that's one of the things you you the UFC is so smart about is they put these under guys because you might see a Hamza thing where a dude knocks a dude out yeah. in 10 seconds or whatever, and that's going to bring him to stardom. That's, the UFC is constantly trying to create stars, and when you have a card with Habib on it, people are going to buy it no matter what. Yeah, one of the most dominant fighters of all time. I'm I'm going to pick Ankaleev in, uh, in the first fight on the main card. I Kutaleva. He's, he's a little bit more seasoned and, and has lost a little bit more and then Pinkalev's a minus 270 favorite so that's a good line it obviously means that he's very well very well established in the fights that he's been in and if he's training with Khabib you know he's going to be uh, good at, at defending the takedown against somebody who's not you know he's been Russian, mm-hmm. wrestling Russian Bears since he was 6 years old so that, that'll be something for him. Who are you picking in the Ankaleev? I'm going to go Ankaleev as well. Like I said, he's 15-1. and one. I think he's the favorite on, on Vegas odds right now as well. Yep. Um, I don't know how big of the favorite he is, but I do think he'll pull it off. Um, that's it, It's going to – I just don't know enough about it. I would love to pick the underdog, but I don't know enough about it. No, that'll be you – know, when we recap the fight card next week, because uh, I, I don't know if you're since the fights are early, I don't know if you're coming over to watch, um, but I will be watching. This is a pay per view that I'm buying, so I'll be able to watch all the fights and then give more an opi- of an opinion about the breakdown. So that'll be something to look forward to next week. The next fight on the card: women's flyweight. Uh, the one the Shiriko, Shakurova doesn't even have a picture on ESPN, and Lisa Murphy. Lauren Murphy. Lauren, Mur- Lauren Murphy, 5'5". Five, five, uh, minus 250 favorite. Minus 250 favorite, 13-4-0. No. The women's flyweight division, the champion right now, uh, I believe that's Wei Li Zhang. Yep. Yeah, Wei Li Zhang, and uh, she's got a lot of tough fights coming up, but outside of like the top five in this division, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I don't I really understand why Lauren Murphy is the, is the favorite here. Uh, I don't know about... A lot about Shakira Volt Shakirova. I don't Shakirova. I don't know. Whatever Shakira. Shakirova. Shakira. 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 She's the plus two fed favorite. This might be a fight I'm taking just because the odds are pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, Laura Murphy. I've seen a few fights of hers, but I've never been that impressed. So I don't know. This is definitely a fight where maybe it's a trap fight for Laura Murphy. I if, don't know. If you're talking like like a Cosmo situation, I think this is the this is the fight that you could possibly have it with Shakirova. Nobody knows who she is, really. Nobody's ever seen her before. Uh, maybe she's a stud in some other organization, and, that, and now she's going to come into the UFC and make a name for herself yeah. in a splash. Plus 210, that's a great line on a, a favor, on an underdog. And when the favorite isn't necessarily the most dominant fighter, I think that's that would be a good line to take next. What were you taking there? I, I'm, I'm taking Shakarova I'm taking Shaka Shaka over to win. Okay. Uh, the next fight is at middleweight, and it's another person who doesn't even have a... Uh, picture on the website, which is Malcolm. I don't know. Jacob Malcolm. Jacob Malcolm. Philip Haas. Philip Haas. So I don't Malcolm know a whole lot is, about this one either. Philip, like like we've been saying, it's it's a card of a bunch of uh, guys that are trying to make stars. I think Haas is a minus two seventy favorite right now, um, based upon the odds. Actually, take that back. He's the second um, largest. Uh, favorite on the main card, so I, this is going to be interesting. Like, I have Mal Malcoon is four zero. Like yeah. he hasn't lost. And he's, um, uh, I, I'm assuming he's Robert Whitaker's training partner because they fight out of the same country mm-hmm. or represent the same country. So I'm, I'm sure he trains with Robert Whitaker. They're at the same weight class, so that makes sense. Um, this is another one where it might be underdog. It could might be. be it, I, w- I would say there's a live dog in this one too. I'm going to pick Hawes because I don't see two 
live underdogs coming in and, and making a name for themselves. I think one or the other is going to happen, and I, I put more faith in Shakarova. Uh, Haas is eight and two. He's a, a pretty good, you know, he's a, a strong, strong fighter, and he's difficult to deal with because of that strength and athleticism. Hasn't necessarily had the greatest resume up until this point, but this could be a, a turning point mm-hmm. uh, because he is one of the more well-known fighters on the card, especially moving forward. Um, so I'm going to pick. I'll pick Haas in that fight. Are you going yeah, with another I kinda, dog? Yeah, I kind of want to go Haas as well, <laughs> but I'll probably bet the underdog on this one. It's going to be one of those things where I'll. I'll wait until they walk out to see how they look to, to see who I'm going to be betting on, but I'm going to probably take Malcoon here. Um, the next fight we have, we have um, Alexander Volkov, one of the legends, versus Walt Harris. Pretty good fight. Um, Alexander Volkov has been around for forever, it seems like. He's a minus 160 favorite, which I think is a little surprising. Um, Walt Harris is the plus 140 underdog. <coughs> Excuse one. me. Yeah, I, um, I'm going to go with Volkov in this one. I didn't realize he's 6'7". He's a he's a big. I, guy. I really, the reason why I knew that just because I knew him and uh, Stefan Struve, who is in one of the undercard fights as yeah. well, were two of the biggest in the UFC. Yeah, Volkov. Uh, I think that he, his size is going to be difficult for Harris to to go up against. Uh, I was originally thinking that I was going to pick Harris in this fight, but I'll go with Volkov because the the wily veteran, especially at the heavyweight in the heavyweight division, the older you are, it's not necessarily as much as of a detriment. And that's normally where you see guys kind of come into their own when they, they hit this kind of stage in their career. Uh, obviously, Overeem is still uh, in contention for a title uh, as old as he is and as long as he's been doing it. So I'll pick Volkov in that fight. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Walt Harris. I'll go against you here. I think Volkov is going to have to stand and bang with Walt Harris. And mm-hmm. I think Walt might be able to take it to the ground. Um, he's got a he's got a, not as good a takedown average as, as Volkov has. Um Taking out accuracy only at thirty three percent, and his average is only thirty or thirty point three two, which is per fight is very low. But ha- facing a guy who is two much two inches taller than you, he is six five though, but two inches taller than you and has that three inch reach advantage as well. It might be smarter for him to go to ground, especially considering he'll probably have the weight advantage, weighing at two sixty four and Volkov usually weighing around two forty five. So I think I'll give Walt Harris a nod because I think he might try to wrestle. I think it's gonna be weird for him. Going to the ground because he isn't he isn't known for his takedowns, but I mean maybe maybe his coaches try to change things up. Yeah, and if you get a guy that big when you're six seven and you're having to get up off the ground with somebody trying to hold you down, that's going to take a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the heavyweights are not people that you can kind of count on a gas tank for, so that'll yeah. be interesting to see the strategy. I'm sure for the first round they're going to see who can knock the other out, and then afterwards it might be a pretty boring fight. Yeah. Uh, the next fight, middleweight, co-main event, former champion. Robert Whitaker, the last nice guy, middle, Robbie. Yeah, the, the last middleweight champion. Uh, Robert Whitaker taking on Cannoneer. I don't know. Jerry Cannoneer. Jerry Cannoneer. And this is basically even. It's a pick em. It's a I mean, it, it's minus 105, minus 115. I'm going to go with Cannoneer because of the way Robert Whitaker looked in his last fight and he didn't deal with the explosive movement and the fast twitch in and out karate style fighting uh, that Stylebender uses. He didn't look great in. He's left himself open uncharacteristically to shots that he normally would have not taken. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Kennedy in this fight. I like Robbie a lot. I think he's a good guy. Maybe he has a little bit of a reach. Sorry, no, he doesn't have the reach. My fault. He has a four-inch reach disadvantage. Um, I think he'll try to probably try to go to the ground as well. I don't know. what This is probably my pick for a fight of the night. I think this is going to be an all-out war. Connie Air has a lot of hype around him. He could be... 
right in there for the title picture as well. He couldn't. I mean, this is this fight right here is going to uh, depend on who's going to face Adesanya next. Uh, Casa will probably face a loser in this fight and then try to work their way back in mm -hmm. to the title picture. But this fight is going to determine the number of contender to face Adesanya. I don't think either of these guys could be Adesanya though. But who no. knows? I, I don't know. I'm going to take Robbie Whitaker just because I like him and. I like watching his fights. Uh, maybe he was just a ma mismatch facing Adesanya, and he's able to get back on them. Because he, he is a pretty good veteran, man. He's 27 fights under his belt. Conor's only has 17. That might give him a little bit of advantage there as well. Yeah, I mean, Whitaker, proved he's obviously a championship-caliber fighter. He just didn't look like it against style Bender. So if he can fix the holes that I saw in his game in that fight, I'll feel a lot differently. But going off of the last time that I saw him in the octagon, I... It's difficult. I don't necessarily That's see it fair. happening all That's the fair, time. Yeah. Now let's get to the main 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 event because Such this is fun. Such a good main event. Such a good event. I will sit through fights that I don't have any clue about guys watching just so that I can see this fight. Justin Gaethje, uh, I actually we I bought his last pay per view that he was on when he he main evented against Tony, Tony Ferguson and they he won the mid interim lightweight championship and now he's going up against the Eagle Khabib. Nurmagomedov, 28-0, possibly the most dominant fighter the UFC has ever seen. I don't think he's – he hasn't lost a round, I don't believe. I, I believe I, – he's either lost no rounds or like one or two in his entire 28-fight 28, 28 career. And uh, he's going up uh, – Justin, the highlight Gaethje is different. I want to get your your pick first, so I'll, I'll go I'll go last. I'll say. Oh pick man, for a I second. really want to pick Gaethje, man. Like I said, he's from Colorado. Like he has a good story, but I don't think anyone's gonna be able to touch a beam. Like it's one of those things where like, oh, it's 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 you gotta find a Holly Holm to your Ronda Rousey. That's the only way. Habib is going to lose. You know how how Ronda was so dominant on the ground and absolutely tore through the whole women's division. Like you got to find one person that will just have that highlight kick, highlight punch that will just mm -hmm. shock the world to beat Habib. And I don't know if Gaethje has it. I think maybe he does because his hands are incredible. But it's tough to pick against Habib, man. I'm I'm, I'm going to go Habib because I want to see Habib versus GSP. <laughs> just because I want to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. It's tough against Pickett. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pick Gaethje. And I'm going to pick Gaethje for not anything that I've seen him do in the octagon, but it's the people that he has around him. And the fact that Khabib is not going to have... This is the first time that we've seen Khabib fight where his dad is not going to be in his corner. Uh, unfortunately, his father did pass away earlier this year. So this is going to be different for Khabib and... By all accounts, his dad was basically the foundation of his fighting career. He did everything to try and make his dad proud, and that's a, that's a lot of people in sports. Um, but this is something where we don't know how he's going to be. We don't know how he's going to handle that. Justin Gaethje's coming in with Trevor Whitman as his coach in his corner. Trevor Whitman is a is a. I've been I've heard things on the Joe Rogan podcast with fighters that have trained with him. He he might be the closest thing to a fighting genius. Him and Greg Jackson uh, are two coaches that get compared a lot. And then uh, Faraz Sahabi, who was GSP's coach when he was fighting in the UFC. He's got one of the best minds, and I've seen Trevor Whitman slowly mold Justin Gaethje from the tough-ass wrestler who just wants to stand in the middle of the octagon and throw hands to an actually calculated boxer. And if you watch that Tony Ferguson fight, he picked Tony Ferguson apart. 
That, uh, that was a absolute domination. Uh, all five rounds, and, and Tony Ferguson got stopped in the fifth round, but it, it basically it could have been stopped any any point earlier in that fight. Gaethje absolutely dominated. Uh, yeah, Tony, Tony Ferguson is just different. Tony Ferguson is one of the best fighters in the UFC for a reason, but like everyone wanted a Tony versus Habib fight, and Gaethje said, "Hell no, nah, I'm right here. Like it's it, I'm I'm want to be messed with, and I'm, I, I'm hoping he wins. I, I'm picking to be just because I think it's going to be tougher." Anyone to be Habib, but I would love to see Gaethje. I would not be, not be, unhappy if Gaethje won. I, I used to say that Ferguson was Habib's toughest matchup stylistically because Ferguson likes to fight off of his back, um, but Justin Gaethje does pose some other problems because he was a Division One wrestler. He does have, uh, I don't think he gets taken down very often, uh-huh. and this is, I think that. Maybe he does get taken down, but this is going to be different when Khabib gets Gaethje to the ground. This is not going to be Michael Johnson where you can just hold him down with one arm, talk shit to Dana White, and punch him in the face. This is you're going to have to be on all your all your p's and q's. And Khabib has dominated so many people in his last few fights. Who knows if he's ready for an all-out war? Gaethje, it has to be Gaethje's best fight of his career. It's, there's no doubt about it. And that's not knocking Gaethje at all. It's just it just praising Habib more just because of the fighter Habib is. Gaethje needs to be on his best game to win that fight. And if he is, man, maybe we can see it one of the biggest upsets in the UFC history. you got to be special to break a 28-fight win, 28 win streak. The guy who's never lost a round, that, that's how it's going to start. You're going to have to win a round, and then you're going to have to win another round. And that slowly, little by little, you're going to build yourself up to a point where, hey, we have a chance for this. Let's go make fucking history. Win. Be the first one to beat this guy and that would be it's going to be something special for him to be able to break that streak I hope it happens I'm picking Justin Gaethje just because I want to pick uh, against you there and give a little bit different take on that but that'll be huge we saw how well that went for me though picking Costa against Adesanya while you and Red picked Oh, I, I cleaned up. Mass. I cleaned up last last UFC event that we covered. This one will be interesting to see if I can keep it going. But I'm I'm definitely watching the entire card. I'm sure you'll watch at least the main event. Uh, and I don't know if you're gonna head over. And you're gonna watch with us, or if you're gonna buy it yourself. This will be huge weekend in the yeah, UFC coming up. Weekend. One of the I think it's the biggest, most hyped main event since. Uh, probably the Diaz McGregor rematch, or maybe D- or McGregor could be. I, I I would disagree there because I think Masvidal Usman had a lot of um, hype around it just because the it was the first fight or uh, the last fight on Fight Island and it was such a big card too. I don't I would not say it's the biggest title fight um, since then. I think there's been a few that I think Stipe versus DC is right there too. I think that I put that almost above just because the the. Um, it's a heavyweight division, and those two guys are bigger than life. And Gaethje, as great of a fighter as he is, he is still a little unknown. Yeah, he, he's, it, not, he's not as well known as some yeah. of those bigger guys. So I, I would still put that behind those fights, but it is going to be a great fight. Go check, go check this fight out if you have the means. Watch the prelims. If you don't have the means, go check. Just go find a legal stream. Yeah, so. there's some. You can have some. You can find some. You stuff. can find it somewhere if you work hard enough. If you want to watch this bad enough, you'll be able to find it. Now let's uh, let's get into our other pick'em NFL pick. Our last week we struggled a little bit. I gotta stop going on my sword and and picking underdogs. And don't pick the Bengals. Just why. just now. Let's all be pleasantly back to back weeks. Let's all be pleasantly surprised when the Bengals win. Let's not pick the Bengals to win because I think we're we're ju- bad jujuing them. I'm bad jujuing. I feel bad. I'm bad jujuing them. Yeah, give me a win, all right, Nico. Don't pick the Browns. But let's start uh, first game: Giants at Eagles. 
Mm-hmm. Let's see who's going to win this. Let's decide who's going to win the NFC East. Let's 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 finally pick so who's going to be the front runner. That's so bad to say. Uh, the Eagles, I think they're still number one because the Cowboys did get murdered, murdered, today. murdered today. So I'm picking the Eagles, especially at home. Uh, this, but this could be that. I mean, the Giants' defense could make Carson Wentz look bad, and we saw Jalen Hurts this past weekend. Maybe this is the weekend that they finally pull the plug and put in a kid from Alabama who won 22 straight games at one sure. point in his college career. He's proven as a winner, and I do think they like Jalen Hurts more than people are giving him credit I, for. I would love to see Jalen Hurts get into this game. I, I hope I wish nothing bad to ever happen to Carson Wentz. But not, not get hurt, maybe get pulled. That's yeah, all I'm maybe saying. Maybe get pulled. But I'm going to pick the Giants. Why, why not? Like I know I said I can't pick the underdogs, but I feel like this isn't really an underdog. Like The Giants, Stanley Jones, maybe he'll have a big game. Like... They just came off a win against the football Washington football team. Like maybe this is one of those games where it's a Thursday night nightmare matchup for fans because you the fans lose. Less. Let's just go. No, fans, fans, lose. fans lose game. Yeah, and uh, you're picking the Giants. Yeah, I'm going the G men. Why not? All right, back to back weeks dubs. Maybe they can pull off a um, divisional win. Who knows? And then if they win again next week, that's three in a row, and we call that, that a winning that's streak. A winning streak. Uh, going in that division. Yeah, that is. No, with, we call it when you can you can win multiple games in a row. You guys don't have to win one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game, another. You know, the Lions looked pretty good. They dominated the Jaguars. The other look really good. And the Falcons, uh, they didn't blow a lead. They, in, they in won last they week. Won. They did win. We got two teams coming off big wins and, and trying to stay on the right track. Lions are going to Atlanta. Um, I'm. It'll be interesting because, like, the Lions and the Falcons both like to blow leads. Oh, they do. So it might end up being another ugly game where both teams are trying to give the other team a victory. Um, Ultimately, I think Todd Gurley's kind of heating up with the Falcons, and that team is so talented. All first-round picks on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I don't know if Julio's healthy or not, but he did. He had a big week last. You got Calvin Ridley. You got Todd Gurley. Matt Ryan, I think, is a pretty good quarterback. I'm taking Matt Ryan over. Matthew Stafford, I'm going to pick the Falcons to beat the Lions. Yeah, I wanted to pick the Lions just because I like Stafford a lot, and I think he gets a bad rap just because the talent around him is piss poor. And now he finally gets a decent running back and Swift behind him. DeAndre Um, Swift did look really good. DeAndre Swift looked really good this past week, so maybe they finally have a guy behind him that can help him out, but they still don't have a receiving core um, that's that's good enough. I think Falcons do pull one off. It's, it's, It's a tough one to pick, like I said. It's a toss-up. It's, it's a, a toss-up. It's a two-and-a-half spread. So like, I think I pick, I give Atlanta the edge, too, just because they're at home. I'm gonna, yeah. That's another small little edge I'm going to give them. Um, next game we have, we have your Cincinnati Bengals, Jimmy, versus the Cleveland Browns. What a game this is. Two of the ugliest uniforms in the league. I'm sorry. I love you, but hey, two of the ugliest uniforms hey, in the league. Hey. Brown and the Tiger Shirts are cool. Brown, oh, Tiger Shirts are cool. And when they go black on black with the orange helmets. Yes, those are good. Those are good. Those are good. I'll give you that. But Ooh. black and orange versus brown and orange is not always the funnest thing to watch on a football field. No. Uh, are you picking your team this week? Or I am. Or are you going I against am. them? You are. I am picking the Bengals. I, I did pick the Browns last time that they played because I thought that the Bengals, would, they're as young as they are, they're going to need some time to kind of get themselves together. The Browns are finally in a, in a crossroads. They just got the crap beat out of them by the Steelers. And they got physically beat up the last couple weeks. Uh, Nick Chubb is not hurt, is hurt. Baker Mayfield is trying to play through rib pain. And he didn't look very good this past weekend. Um, and they're playing in Cincinnati. The Bengals 
they, they did get their last win in Cincinnati, so I do think I'm not going to pick the against the Bengals when I'm wearing a Bengals shirt. So let's go. I'm picking the Bengals to beat the Browns. They're going to go be two four and one by the end of the weekend. I, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to pick them against them this week because the last two weeks I picked I picked for them, and that's just. Bit me in the ass. I actually appreciate that. I, I, I bit me in the ass doing because that. Because I think that you're the reason they've been losing because you don't have any faith in them. It's like if I was picking the Broncos every week, I feel like there'd be some bad juice. I did. I got it right last week, but I need you to, to take the curse off the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, hopefully I can take the curse. And I believe, I mean, Baker Mayfield's been playing really well. Maybe he's able to get something going. But, like, Jarvis Landry and, and, and OBJ has been playing better. Who knows? Um... Cleveland took the first matchup in that barn burner Thursday night game, which is kind of. It actually wasn't a bad. It wasn't a terrible game. Thirty-five, thirty was one of the better Thursday night games we've had. So I think I'm gonna go with the Browns to win too. It's it's gonna be tough beating the Browns to sweep a team in a season series, but I think the Miles Garrett's been playing really well, so I think I'll just give it to the Browns just because. Yeah, it's, it helps you out too. It is kind of a toss-up. Yeah, take take the monkey off the back. Uh, yeah. Staying in the AFC North, I think this is uh, my pick for game of the week um, for the upcoming week in the NFL. Steelers at the Titans. Uh, like we said, uh, hopefully Taylor Wan is able to recover from his ACL surgery. That's going to be a big story moving forward because he was he was playing really well. As an offensive really lineman, well. I love watching offensive line play. Taylor Lewan was in the top five of left tackles this season. And that's going to be huge because Derrick Henry is tractor seat those up and running early. And he called game last weekend to to beat the Texans in overtime. This will be where we decide if the Titans are a legitimate AFC contender, mm-hmm. uh, or if they were just you know gifted by playing starting the season up against the Broncos and, and able to win an ugly game, and then playing some pretty bad teams on the way to a five and zero record. This is their first real test of the season, um, and, and that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. This is my game of the week. I'm picking the Titans. Because I'm I'm tired of picking against the boys. I've been picking against the boys for too long, and they've been proving me wrong. So let's let's go. I'm I'm pick the Titans this week. King Henry single-handedly almost beat me or won me two fantasy football games this week because he put up 40 points. Yeah. Fantasy football. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. I think Taylor Wan's going to be heavily missed, but that's more going to be in the in the uh, pass game, that, le- that left tackle position. But Tannehill did put up a lot of good numbers last week, given that too. Tannehill's looked like, you know, t- all, all you got to do to be good apparently is get away from Adam Gase because Tannehill looked like crap when Adam Gase was his head coach. Now he's got Vrabes. Who I think Vrabel is kind of moving. Vrabel up the list. has one of the best moving like, up the list of coaches in the league. He had one of the best things that I've never seen before. He had that plate where he threw a twelfth Purpose, man on the floor. Purposely got a twelfth man penalty. To saved st- himself forty seconds yep. to get him team back in the game. I've never seen that before ever. He must sleep with the rule book, the NFL rule book, and come up with ways because he did the same thing against the Patriots and he out Belichick Belichick in the divisional round of the playoffs, That's crazy. getting all that time to run off the clock. He can. Apparently, he can control whether or not the clock moves in the NFL. And, and he had, I mean, shout out to him because I don't, if he doesn't do that, I don't know if the Titans are able to tie the game. He, he could be on his way to easily win Coach of the Year, in my yeah. opinion. I'm going to go for the Titans as well. I picked, I picked against them, too, um, previous weeks, but I, I love watching Derrick Henry run the ball, man. Run the damn ball. NFL. It's, 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 it's so much fun to watch. This is a smash-mouth matchup because the Steelers are smash-mouth. 
Uh, James Conner's been. I, I'm tired of saying good things about the Steelers. I'm I'm never going to pick the Steelers in case you haven't thought that through. Mm-hmm. But James Conner is a good story, and, and he's been running the ball well. Minka Fitzpatrick. That trade is now looking like, you know, everybody gave him shit for giving up all their first round picks for the for a couple of years, but Minka Fitzpatrick's made up for that. Stunt. Minka's uh, a stunt. Devin Bush did. Uh, I think he tore his ACL or he had a pretty bad leg injury over the weekend, so he that'll be big miss for them in, in that second level of the defense. But T.J. Watt, they, they have the best Watt brother, brother in the NFL, and then they got Derek Watt, too, on the offensive end. Got to get some fullback position. Fullback position. Um, but this will be a knockdown drag out game. I want, I want Tennessee to win, too. I, I don't like the Steelers either, not as much as you dislike them, but I just don't like Pittsburgh in general. Not the city, but... Team. I'm sorry. The teams, the teams. yeah. Just, the team. just don't take a person to Pittsburgh. Just so we're I like Crosby. Y'all have good things going in hockey, but not not football. Just so we're clear, don't go anywhere near a public restroom <laughs> when Ben Roethlisberger is yeah. in the in the facility. Next game we have Carolina going into New Orleans. This is gonna be my upset of the week. It's I'm picking Panthers to go down to Louisiana and go down to the Bayou and beat New Orleans. I'm saying why not? Christian McCaffrey may or may not be back. I don't think he's going to be back yet, but could have possibly return this week. Um, the Saints, I just they don't. I'm not sold on them, man. I know you've been a Drew Brees hater this whole time we've ever talked about them, especially this whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go Carolina. Why not? I think Teddy Bridgewater might have a game for himself. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking the Saints. Because um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is good, but without Christian McCaffrey, he's kind of he's stunted in yeah. what he can get you. Um, I think you're still kind of salty with Mike Thomas, honestly. I, I think that's why oh, you're I'm picking. So about that I think stuff. that's why you're picking the Panthers. So I'm so pissed about that. I'm picking the Saints because I I don't think the Panthers have the talent, especially with the the injuries. But I could see this very well being an upset. I think Matt Rule is going to be a, a pretty good head coach in the NFL. Yeah, he's, he's done well without having his star player. Yeah, he just needs to get uh, the right players in their system. I think he could do. A lot they need of to. They need a lot of help on defense, yeah. and then they can start rebuilding that offense. But Teddy Bridgewater, Chris McCaffrey are going to be the two cornerstones on that side of the ball. Yeah. Next game we have. Let's not take too much time with this one because. This is pretty easy. Bills versus Jets. I'm taking Bills way easily, and I know you're picking the Bills. Let's just move on. Past Nobody that. circles the wagons <laughs> like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Bill, Bills had a tough game today against the Kansas City Chiefs. Where they and went. the weather. That weather was miserable. Miserable. The Jets just suck so much. Oh just end the season. Well, just I'll be talking about them in a little bit. Don't you worry, Jets Just fans. end the season. You, you can hear about that. You'll hear about that a little bit more. Next game we have Dallas. Uh, Cowboys who just got obliterated by the Cardinals against the Washington football team. This is that's uh, this is, this is pick them too. I have no idea who'd go through here. Hmm. Andy Dalton versus possibly Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, or Alex Smith. Maybe Alex Smith. Maybe this is the time Alex Smith gets his win so he can get out and stop playing because it scares it the shit out of me. Uh, yeah, I, I, it could have been last week, but the when the NFC East. And this is one of the bad weeks where the NFC East only plays each other. So you got the Eagles and the Giants, and you got the Cowboys and the football team. Uh, I don't know. Let, uh, Cowboys. Cowboys yeah. by 20. You just close your eyes and yeah. say, uh, pick out with Cowboys. Okay, yeah, I'm going Cowboys too. I think Andy Dalton is going to hand the ball off 60 times, and Zeke is going to have a career day. 
that's the only way they're going to win because Andy Dalton can't throw for shit. Yeah, FedEx Field isn't even a home field advantage, so yeah, you can't Washington, say that. Washington football team, get a team name, and then we'll think about picking you um, weekly. Um, next game, this is going to be a really interesting game. Green Bay Packers going into Houston. I think this this is going to be a real tough one. Packers coming off a big loss, and Texans, after they fired Bill O'Brien, are on a little bit of a win streak. Uh, one one win, but they almost be, did beat the Titans. Yeah. They almost upset the Titans. Almost upset the Titans. I think that the right. Texans are going to still be in playoff contention moving forward. Um, but you know what? I'm going to pick the Texans to upset the Packers because the Packers really annoyed me with how they played. Because because not only did they lose by a lot, like not only was the game not going well, but they gave up mentally uh, at, during the second half of that game. Like. Troy Aikman was talking about it. They were just letting the the Buccaneers score at at certain points. Ronald Jones barely had anything to go through on the goal line. And and if you can't get up, you don't have enough pride to stop a team from scoring on you. How can I pick you in the game following that? Like you're gonna have to prove to me again that you're good enough for me to pick you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Texans. To I think it's just ridiculous if I were to take against Aaron Rodgers again because he's a bad man. He's still a bad man. He just needs some help around him now. He uh, he's got to get Aaron Jones back. Got to get the run game going. Um, Devontae Adams is back. Devontae Adams is back. That's gonna help a lot. Um, I I can't pick against the Packers. It's a tough one on the road going to Houston. They are missing Bakhtiari. That's true. Bakhtiari yeah. is not going to be playing, so that'll be something. It's going, to be hurtful. it's going to hurt them, but I don't know. J.J. Watt's probably going to need to have a big day from him, and without Bakhtiari there, they might help a little bit, get the Texans closer game, but I think Aaron Rodgers still is able to have a self day. I feel a little bit burned by how much praise we gave them and then how they played last week, yeah. so earn earn my trust back. Yeah. I'm, I'm expecting you to win, but I'm picking the Texans just because I, I'm, I can't pick the Packers after what they did last Sunday. This next game, I think, is a very interesting one as well. The Cardinals come off of obliterating the Cowboys against the uh, or play at home against the Seahawks, who we've been saying have been struggling a little bit. And they had another another really close game mm-hmm. this past week. Yep. So I, it'll be, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough one. I I, this is another one of those where I want to pick the upset because I think this might be a trap game for the Seahawks. Um, I think the Cardinals after having a huge week this week. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the Cardinals a knock here. I think this is the upset way to happen. If it was in Seattle, it's a different story. <clears throat> Excuse me, but with with playing at home, I think Cardinals might be able to pull off an upset here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm picking the Cardinals because the, the Seahawks, the way that they've been playing, I, I kind of think they need a wake-up call, honestly. I, think they, they, I don't think they're going to go undefeated one, but I do think that they need to lose a game and kind of get beaten up a little bit just to shock them, be like, hey, we know you can win these close games, but you guys are good enough that you could be killing these teams. Exactly. Like you guys are, are, you guys should have destroyed the Vikings after you got that comeback. You guys should have, like, you, they just need to be shook, like a, a kid that you just need to shake out of whatever they're doing. Like the Seahawks need that, and Kyler Murray might, Kyler Murray's the size of a child, but you know he's he's very elusive and he can. I think he can lead a comeback. This will be. Two of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. This will be a fun game to watch, at least, because yeah. Kyler Murray and, and Russell Kyler Wilson are going to be watch. They're gonna be making some plays. This, that'll be a fun game to watch. I'm picking the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, the, the upset we're both having. Probably going to eat our words here, though. But next game we have <sighs> toughest one on the Broncos' schedule thus far. Have the Chiefs coming into mile high. First game that the Broncos will have fans in the stadium. This is a tough one for me to pick. I, I, 
I, I think we're gonna lose, but I'm gonna pick the Broncos just because it's the first time, first game back with fans, and maybe the offense hits on all cylinders, and Mahomes has an off day. Maybe this is a trap game, like we said against the Chargers or whatever, where they're playing the Bills, and then next week they have a tough game. The Chiefs have a tough game against. Uh, let me find it real quick. Oh shoot! But yeah, Bronc Broncos. The Chiefs are going Broncos, Jets, Panthers, Raiders. Yeah, maybe they fall asleep these couple, next couple weeks because they're gonna fucking murder the Jets. So, um, it's I, I don't, I'm picking Broncos. It's probably ridiculous. I'm doing this. I'm probably jinxing my team, but I'm gonna do it. If they're gonna beat the Chiefs, they're gonna, gonna have to beat yeah. them at home. Yep, yep. So that's one thing that I will say about that. But I the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite on the road. I'm I'm taking that cover by the way. You I, are. I I one hundred percent gonna take that cover. I think I, the Chiefs win by two touchdowns, possibly more. I think it's seven. I think it's a seventeen point win, and maybe the I think the Broncos can score points on the on the Chiefs defense. I think maybe the Broncos do score over 20 points, but I think the Chiefs are going to score 40. Yeah, that's the well with, with if the Broncos defense played as good as they did last week against Cam Newton, then we're then that's not going to be a high-scoring game like that. Um but you have to have the you have to stop Mahomes. The Broncos are one of those teams where I don't think that they they can put together both sides of the ball quite yet. So I think if their offense is offense going has to put up points. If their 100%. offense is going to put up points, I think their defense is going to lack that's just yeah, where I, I see the Broncos at this point. And if it's neither of those, the special teams is going to fucking fall apart like it usually does. So, except Brandon McManus being a stud. I'm taking I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm yeah. sorry. No, but... no, I, I respect that because I probably should have too. But um, um, I might be going to that game, so I'm going to pick the Broncos just because. Um, next game we have uh, San Francisco um, coming off a big win against the Rams on Sunday, which surprised me a lot. Surprised um, me too. Especially Garoppolo has poor of a week as he had last week. Um, he's he now goes into New England. It's a tough revenge one. Game. Revenge game is the are the Patriots going to come back? Um, come back this week and get a win. I don't know. I've talked so much about how difficult it is for the Patriots to be a losing culture, uh, with as much as they've built it up. So I'm I'm going to say that the Patriots will bounce back. Uh, I think that Belichick will outduel Shanahan, but I do think that that's going to be limited in the amount of times that I say that moving forward. Because I think Shanahan will, will finally overtake Belichick at some point, but this reminds me of when the Patriots played the Rams in the Super Bowl, and everybody was so high on McVay versus Belichick for the first time. I think that the moment might be a little bit big, and Foxborough is a tough place to win, even if it's not Tom Brady, even if the Patriots aren't the best team in football anymore. Uh, the the Fo- Foxborough is still that's that's one stadium that you can never chalk up a win before you play. So I I'm, I'll pick the Patriots. Yeah, to I'm gonna go with the Patriots too. I don't think the Patriots are gonna lose back to back games at Foxborough. That's just unheard of for a Bill Belichick team whatsoever. Um, I I do I'm I am gonna give the the um, 49ers a little bit more credit though because Kittle was an absolute stud this weekend. He is the best tight end in football for a reason. Jimmy Garoppolo is finally getting back, looking to like what he was last year. Uh, maybe San Francisco can squeeze in some playoffs as well and get some wins together, but I don't see it happen, go, happening going into Foxborough. Yeah, um, that, that's that's kind of where I'm falling too. Like yeah. the, the 49ers are a good team, and they should be able to beat the Patriots, but the New England's just a, a weird place. Yeah. I mean, so many mass holes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a shot at you, J-Dash, by the way. <laughs> Uh, next game we have, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, speaking of J-Dash, going up against the L.A. Chargers. This is this is a crapshoot also. Uh, I, I think this is actually pretty easy because uh, this is, is easy because I have to eat the words that I have said in the past. I 
gave Justin Herbert as much shit as I've probably given anybody who's coming out of college trying to be a quarterback in the NFL because of the way he handled himself at Oregon and never really lived up to his potential. So far in the NFL, it hasn't translated to wins, but he's been able to duel with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and I believe he did it against somebody else who's who's pretty est- well established. But he played pretty well against the Chiefs as well when when they yeah, played and, like, and they, the, he, they almost did beat the Chiefs. So like the the way the Jaguars, I think the Jaguars might be actively tanking because I think that they might want to redo that. They got to figure out something to be able to put fans in the stands. They have one of the worst attendance rates in all of professional well, that sports. That means nothing right now, but yet, that is true. Well, they, I mean, they are like, struggling. My, my the, I think the Florida governor has opened up stadiums in Florida to full capacity, and the Jaguars have been like, we've been at full capacity with the lockdown and the limited amount of fans, so this will be no, nothing new for us. Uh, I'm picking the Chargers pretty easily in that one. They're favored by eight, and they're at home. Yeah, they're going to light up that new scoreboard over in SoFi. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I, I hate picking the Chargers, but Jaguars are tanking for Trevor. 100% they're tanking for Trevor. Trevor Lawrence stayed. And I'll tell you one thing, though. Chargers, you better hope the Jets pull off some wins because you're going to have to trade up to get Trevor at this rate. Uh, for the next game we have, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, going into Vegas and playing the the. Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Raiders are back after a bye week. Tampa Bay coming off a huge win. Do you think this is a trap game? I don't know. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl way back when. Uh, um, yeah. I, I put it down as a Gruden revenge game, weirdly, because Gruden did get traded from the Raiders earlier, won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers beating the Raiders. So mm-hmm. it is kind of a tangled web. I wouldn't say this is a trap game because I think that the NFL realizes how decent the Raiders are and how much of a fight they, how difficult they are to put away. Um, if Vita Vea doesn't play, I don't think the I think the Raiders will be able to get their run game going, and that's what makes them successful. Uh, and I think Derek Carr can battle Tom Brady a little bit more, but I, I said Brady was washed and and senile last week, so I'll, I'll go ahead and give some love to the good. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bucks to beat the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks too. Sunday night football is a pretty good game. Um, going into that new stadium in Vegas, I think it'd be a different story. Playing in the Roomba. Yeah, I think it'd be a different story if it was a packed house. Um, I think it, John that place would be absolutely hyped up to see Tom Brady there. I honestly think there'd be more Buccaneer fans than Raider fans if it was if there that's, were. I, yeah, that's true. That's because it is like the the Raiders aren't established in Vegas, and then people would love to travel to to the casinos and then be able to watch a game on Sunday. That's true. You know how those Tom Brady fans travel. So yeah, I'm picking the Bucks too, especially after that huge win they just had. Um, uh, that was a momentum building win, and then this would be like if the if it is a trap game that the momentum they built last week can kind of carry them through the trap game too. Yeah. Next game we have the Monday night game. We had the Chicago Bears going into L.A. and playing the Los Angeles Rams. Duh, Bears. Duh, Bears. I this is, uh, this is um, I hate picking against the Bears because they they've shown against me two straight weeks that I shouldn't fucking do that. So I'm picking the Bears. Why not? Foles is going to have a day. Defense is going to hold Goff under 20 points. And the offense is Allen Robinson is going to have a day. So I'm picking the Bears. It's weird saying that, but I'm picking the Bears. You took my bait because I wanted to have the are the Chicago Bears good debate because then I, I kind of wanted to plant it in your head a little bit. Sean McVay is going to outcoach Matt Nagy. The Rams are – I think the Rams are going to beat the Bears, especially at home uh, on Monday Night Football. So – and Jared Goff has actually been playing pretty well. He's yeah, almost Jared up to his Super Bowl. Really well. Super Bowl year that, that he had, so 
Sean McVay, Jared Goff, I think that they're going to be able to beat uh, Matt Nagy and Nick Foles. Maybe, maybe I'm going to call it this week, maybe we see Trubisky back because I think Foles is going to struggle or maybe get his leg broken by Aaron Donald. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Aaron Donald is, if you want to talk about Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald. This is a matchup of the defenses. Mm-hmm. Which defenses can hold the other mediocre quarterback to less? Can Aaron Donald get to Nick Foles or can Khalil Mack get to Jared Goff? Who knows? Um, so that's going to do it for our pick em. We're going to keep doing this weekly. It's been a lot of fun. We're, we're working on NFL Unhinged um, pick em on Sunday mornings as well. We'll probably have the same picks as we say in our normal podcast, but my dumbass probably will pick differently than we'll, what I say. On we'll, get to, we'll get to talk shit to J-Dash Live then about the Patriots and the, and the Jaguars. That'll be a lot of fun because uh, it won't just be us too. We, we'll have multiple opinions from across the network. I know of I think right now it's set that it's going to be us two, the J-Dash show with Jim and Carlos, and then I believe Gridiron Gallery is going to be like the, mm-hmm. the set people, and then we'll be bringing on other guys like um, from the other shows on the network. I know we've been saying that weekly, but we are starting to figure it out and, and get the right people under wraps, so we are going to for sure have that show soon. But don't I – mean, we may be talking about this next week because who knows, but – uh, it is in the works, we, we promise. Hopefully it'll be up and going by the time the NFL hits the midway point. That's I, I think that's the kind of the goal that I've set in my head. But um, that, that's something to look forward to down the line. Let's finish up so that we can plug our, our stuff at the end. we got about seven minutes till we hit an hour 50. So let's, let's do our segments. Um, enough rapid fire through them, but let, let's go ahead. But let me start with my Beats League, baby, because this is an absolute fire one. Plus 1,800. For a team to go 0-16. And you know who that team is? The New York Jets, baby. I'm taking that bet. I'm pounding that shit. It's plus 1,800. Terrible bet to, t- to take. I might bet throw $5, maybe $10 on it. Win me some money. The Jets aren't going to win another fucking game this year. And I'm winning money on that, baby. Oh, you better hope that they keep Adam Gase around. <laughs> They're not going to fire until the end of the year, so you're going to lose the rest of the games, and I'm going to win some money. They're going 0-16. There you go. Remember this. Remember this a few months from now. Jets are going 0-16. I mean, you got close on the Braves. You were really close. Very close. You were a choke job away from the Braves, and now, uh, you know what? Why not? I'm I'm sorry, Dom. I know that you're going 0-16. You have the cleanest jersey in the game, but you fucking suck. Sorry, but yeah. That's that's not bad. I will say I gotta say because you got to gloat a little bit last week. My NLCS, the Dodgers to win the NLCS in seven right, right. hit. That was plus four forty. Hopefully you listened to me on that one. I didn't even listen to myself. <laughs> My first beat of, of this week, the Rays to win the World Series in five is plus eleven hundred. In five, it's a little that's bit. That's fortunate. Yeah, like a gentleman sweep is going to be difficult. I do think that the Rays are going to take an early lead. So who knows? Maybe the. They take an early lead. The Dodgers steal one back, and the Rays are, are able to close it out. Or they after get that. a 3-1 lead and then finally win game five. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but plus 1,100 is a good return on, on something that it could happen. I, I think the Rays are kind of slept on. I, I don't think that's going to be as much of a mismatch as people are saying. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, my next one, I know we both have similar ones here, but I'm picking Clayton Kershaw to win World Series MVP. Okay. I think he gets a lot of hate. Um, if this series goes seven games, we are going to see Kershaw probably three times a series. He's starting game one. 
I don't I don't know which day that start the World Series starts tomorrow he, he's, or it's Tuesday. Tuesday so it'll be the day before this one. So he plays starts game one, hopefully he plays well there. But if this series goes deep, he's you're gonna see him either in game five or game four, and then you'll see him in game seven again. And I think he could redeem himself and win one. So that's plus fifteen hundred, which I think is pretty good odds. He is um, those are pretty steep odds, but I don't know why not. Kershaw deserves a little bit of love because he is one of the best pitchers of our generation. Yeah, that that's difficult because uh, starting pitchers to win the World Series MVP is a little bit different. Yeah, but he's also times or yeah, least, yeah. But he we see him in three different kind of outings. I could see I see him starting Game One, and then if they need to, maybe short resting him and play and throw him out there to start Game Five. But I think he could also come out of the bullpen mm-hmm. because at this point. Who gives a shit who's a starter or a reliever? Whoever's going to pitch the best is going to have to be. He's got to win games. That might not be that bad of a pick. I'm picking Corey Seager to win World Series MVP. Like I said, he won NLCS MVP. Why not go back-to-back and win World Series MVP if the Dodgers are able to beat the Rays and finally hoist the state, the World Series well, Stanley Cup, Jimmy. Yeah. God damn, we, we've only been recording for X amount of minutes. I, I, need, I need hockey back, but... <laughs> They could possibly hoist the World Series trophy finally. That's plus 800. And Corey Seager has been a big part of why the Dodgers are where they are. Jimmy needs that hockey back in his blood. Like I need, I need Doc Emmerich to scream score so I can I can fall asleep. And I need a Mike Breen bang. But now I think we both have a UFC pick this weekend. We're going against each other, I'm pretty sure. I'm picking Habib with a decision win. I, I think this is a like very... Like directly opposite of each other. Yeah, this is. I think this is very kind of crazy to think that this is... This big of odds, but plus 220 to win by decision. Habib is known for his wrestling. Um, unless he is able to get Gaethje in a headlock or something, he's going to win by decision. I think I think that should have been a lot better odds than plus 220. So I think um, if, if Habib's going to win, especially the distance, I think Habib's going to win. That's disrespectful to Gaethje because they think that if it's plus 220 that it goes the distance, they think Habib is going to finish him. Yeah. I don't really... like. Gaethje could get finished by a big shot like a knockout, and Habib has done that once against Connor. But it's not—he's not going to be able to take him down and ground and pound him out. Gaethje's yeah. too strong on the on the ground for that. I have Gaethje to win a decision, and that's plus twelve hundred. Uh, a lot of people are saying if it goes to decision, get, Khabib is probably going to win. But I can see—I could see a, a world where this fight goes kind of similar to the way the Ferguson one went, where Gaethje kind of pieces up. Nurmagomedov the whole time, but he never really lands one big KO oh, that's punch. Weird. That's weird saying that. Piecing up Habib. You gotta well, catch on the feet. Up. On the oh, feet, you can piece up Khabib all day. You just gotta make sure that you can kind of keep the distance. I think Trevor Whitman will have a game plan ready for that. They've been game planning for Habib since he, I think he first won the title two yeah, years ago. Yeah, I hope, so. I hope so, man. It'd be a lot of fun. But I'm, I'm going to pick against yours because I want to see like a Holly Holm knockout of a great, like a, she did against Ronda Rousey with Gaethje knocking out Habib. That's that's how I'd want him to win. I wouldn't want a decision win. Especially was, a big title fight like that. I, yeah. want, I don't want a decision win for the challenger. The last time I helped somebody bet on Gaethje's fight was before we did the podcast, so it wasn't one of my beats of the week. But I did say that um, it was going to go over three and a half rounds. That was over under, and Gaethje was going to win by TKO or stoppage. And I got that one on both. So I won my cousin quite a bit of money. So why, why not? I'm going to go back-to-back on my Gaethje picks. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to player of the week. Um, player, of the, or, player of the week or play of the week? We did. We ended with play of the week last week. So let's go play of the week first. Okay, my play of the week. This is the first time baseball has been on play of the week. Mookie Betts has had so many great catches at the wall. 
I had to finally pick one, but man, I gotta give him a little bit of love. He had a ga- he had a game in Game Seven. I'm not picking the ones earlier because those games weren't meaningless, but they didn't mean as much as Game Seven. And he had a he had a home run robbery in Game Seven in the fifth inning, which I thought was incredible. He's been doing that three so many times throughout the playoffs. Um, it's finally time to give him a play of the week. Yeah, I mean Mookie's been a great man, and that's one of the biggest problems that the Red Sox have had. Uh, since he left, they haven't been as good as, as they were when they were winning World Series, but that's it's not a bad pick. Mine is, we, we talked about it, Tractor Cito calling game in overtime against the Houston Texans. Able, you know, when you're the best player on your team, you got to win your team some games, and that's exactly what Derrick Henry did. And he normally is in this kind of form in mid-November to early December when the season has finally worn everybody else down, but... He's on another level early, and I think that that last screen pass where he took it, I think fifty yards to score yeah. the touchdown in overtime. That uh, that was one of the one of those times where you're like, wow, this is a man playing against other boys. Yeah, he he had a big day. I was deciding for my player of the week. This was a tough one. Yeah, I was deciding between between two of them. I wanted to pick Brandon McManus just because he won me fantasy football and won the Broncos a football game in Foxborough. I really was questioning that episode. I wish you picked him. I wish I would have picked him, but I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to go. What you just said, I'm picking Derrick Henry to win for my player of the week. Derrick Henry, like you said, 212 yards, two touchdowns, man. I'm surprised your player of the week wasn't his um, touchdown run from, from the 10-yard line in like the second quarter. Like, I think that was even a better play because like, he went almost 80-plus 80, 80, 80 yards and took it to the house. I don't think that should have been a play, better play of the week. Since he has one of those every single year, it almost, <laughs> I didn't even realize that that had happened. I saw the overtime winner, but I didn't see the long yeah, run. Yeah, he had broke. a long, long run in the in the first half. So I'm, I was surprised that wasn't your play of the week. Instead, you picked the game winner, which I mean, does have a little more meaning behind it. But yeah, player of the week, it's hard to pick against Derrick Henry. Um Won me fantasy football too. Like him and Brandon McManus, man. Keep keeping me alive. Keeping me alive. Keep yourself alive. <laughs> um, my player of the week, Trevor Lawrence. And when I say this stat line, all the teams that are in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes are gonna start salivating. Like they are so at the New York Jets and at the Washington football team. Yeah, at the New York Giants as well. Um and, and maybe even the Eagles because you know the Eagles are never satisfied with a quarterback. Uh, but they're gonna be they're they're gonna be salivating like they're sucking on some Jolly Ranchers. Pause. Pause. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, in like two quarters, maybe I'm not even sure when they pulled him, but there were five quarterbacks who played for Clemson this past weekend. Twenty four of thirty two, four hundred four yards, five touchdowns. He did throw one one interception. He had a rating of ninety seven. Like how how insane is it that you're doing that on the biggest stage in college football? Like you're playing at the top level of college football, and he is. The number one quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. No doubt about it. He is going to win the Heisman. I'm calling it right now. He's going to win the Heisman. And he is on track to be the number one pick. Whoever is the number one pick in the NFL, don't fuck this up because this kid is special, man. It's going to be tough to beat. I'm I'm probably probably going to lose that, but I think I might win play of the week with Mookie Betts just because you picked the wrong Derrick Henry touchdown. That's the only reason why I might win play of the week. Maybe. Everybody loves sunshine, though. I, I think player of the week is going to go to, to Lawrence. Everybody loves sunshine. All right. There you go. there you have it. That's another episode of Far End of the Bench for you guys. We're, uh, we're glad that you've been continuing to rock with us. Thank you guys for enjoying and, and showing some love on the Birdman interview. I know he doesn't do that often, so we wanted to make sure that it was good quality content. And I, I know Nico and, and his dad, Mark, thank you guys 
for setting that up and getting that like that was huge for the podcast. That's something that I think uh, we're going to be able to look back on in a few years and be like, wow, that was that was something special. Yeah, man. Don't if you guys haven't listened to it yet, to it yet, we released it on Friday morning. Um, it was such a good episode. There's so many great things in that episode. So many stories. Like there's there's stories about Chris throwing a tennis ball at a garage door at me when I was a little kid. There's stories about him playing in Dallas and how he got food poisoning. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that you can't miss, man. It was it was a great interview. Um, I love Chris like a brother. It's it's one of those things where um, it was it was one of a kind interview and one of a kind person to have on the pod. So go check that out uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, and I, I know that they've been replaying it a lot on the Unhinged Network. Go ahead and follow the Unhinged Network. We are on, we are twenty four hours now, so whenever if you ever want to just see yeah. what's on the show, just click on unhingedsn.com, and you will see one show up constantly. Yeah, in the off hours where there's not a new episode being released, you never know what's going to get replayed. So unhingedsn.com there's always going to be something playing in 24 hours we also post blogs there I have a few blogs uh, on the website Jimmy's been a lot of good blogs man you you guys don't want to miss those even some of his takes on uh, football as much as I may hate on them or his Doc Rivers take too I may not have agreed fully but there's Jimmy has a lot of great insight you guys don't want to miss if you guys don't like listening as much but you like reading too you're just chilling at home on breakfast eating breakfast Pull up, go go to unhinged or sn.com and go click on Jimmy's blogs, man, or the other blogs that are up. They're all good stuff. Yeah, every everything that we put on the website is good quality content. Be sure to follow the network on Twitter at Network Unhinged and on Instagram at Unhinged SN uh, because we we're trying to do the best that we can to elevate the network and have the elevate the network elevate us as well. So that, go ahead and follow us on social media at FEOTV Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Like all, us, subscribe us, everything. Rate man. us, review us on Spotify. Follow us so that we. Before we go, to do want to give a quick shout out to Andrew Cole. He was the winner of the Chris Birdman Anderson jersey. The two stats that were um, records held by Chris were um, that he he was uh, he has the best regular season record of over forty plus games score or going thirty nine three back in twenty thirteen. And he has the best field goal percentage in a single series in playoff history, um, going at, I think it was 88.7%. It was something ridiculous like that. But Andrew Cole, you, re- you have jersey on the way. Um, we'll be posting that. There's going to be more giveaways. We have hoodies. We're going to give out to family and friends soon. We're also going to be having merch coming out as well, probably in December. So keep on the lookout for that. Yeah, stay, stay with us. Come join us on the far end of the bench. Shout out Andrew Cole. Congrats on winning. And shout out everybody who tried and entered and followed and liked and, and tried to fo- and followed along with all the instructions. It's been great. Uh, with that, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode 11. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. This is the was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them pricks and I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Out of fence, they to me. I'm getting to it, feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they all but the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a sand. Piled like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm yeah, we sticking up for nigga. Let that music, I look a sand. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for 30 to shred.